Cool. Let's get started. There's some hip hop conversations and shit. Yeah, feel free to curse. Yay! It's for the children. That's a very special sort of radio. Yo, peace, welcome, peace, welcome. Welcome to the Mega Late Show, Tokyo's number one hip-hop and dope culture podcast. Every week, me and Late are bringing you dope, creative hip-hop culture. Cats from Japan and abroad, Tokyo's dopest, the world's greatest, just mighty, mighty folk. And uh, on top of this, we also crunch the numbers and aggregate a bunch of the most interesting shows in Tokyo and put them on a calendar so you can check that out. Uh, Check out the show notes so you can find all the dope shows that are going on in Tokyo. And uh, today... Episode 57 late? 57. 57 strong. We have a global force in DJing dopeness. She's traveled the world rocking parties, also eluding Shazam search function junkies from picking up on her selections. Like, yo, cease your phonetic grasping of these passing objects. Say and that enjoy again. the ride, my guy. Say that one more time. Cease your frenetic grasping at these passing objects. I'm impressed. Yes. I'm impressed. You know what I mean? Catch the vibe. She's wow. also worked alongside the likes of and and or open for like Bruno Mars, Quest Love, Aloe Black, Beyonce, Janelle Monet, uh, Onra, Reggie Watts, uh, Rich Medina, uh, just to name a few. Uh, and plus, she was just telling us a bunch of other things that we had no idea that she did. So hopefully we'll get into that on this episode as well. Uh, in town for the Bay Tokyo three-year anniversary. Shout out to Bay. Yep. Jada B. Oh, was it an anniversary last night? Yes. Three-year, yeah. Oh, wow. Shit. So word up. Shout out to that. And that's right, folks. We have the incredibly talented, incredible Erica Landia. Aww. Is it Landia or Landia? You know what? Good question. So that's kind of a newer moniker for me. I started out as DJ Echo, which is my initials. Erica Catherine Olsen. So I started out on the radio and uh, I was doing a hip hop show, like underground, backpack, non-commercial radio, positive vibes from the start. And they wanted me to take an alias so that people couldn't stalk me back in the day. Um, And so I I just couldn't rename myself. So I was just like, okay, my uh, three initials kind of make a word phonetically. Um, But more recently, uh, I've been moving over to Erica Landia. And how I think about it is because I have a very vivid internal life, like my imagination and and, and, uh, internal navigation. So um, your narrative is Erica, like Disneyland. So it's like Erica land, but like Mm. Narnia. So Erica Landia, like that's, yeah. (laughs) I actually like that a lot. I like your name even more now. I saw that. It's also cool. Something that's why I was the way I was pronouncing it. I was, thought Erica Landia yeah, sounded yeah, yeah. like a little bit I'm fancy. Down with that. You know what I'm I mean? down with that. You can you can record me drop so I can Word. use it when I'm DJing. Word up. Echo yes. Echo was the first one. Echo. Yeah. So people a lot of people still call me Echo. And yeah. Wait, I, so so you didn't want to change your name when you first started? I when 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 I started DJing, I had a really hard time. It's like your name is given to you. So like to think about renaming yourself seemed really egocentric to me. And so I'm just a weirdo. So that's just, I get too meta with things sometimes. So when I was like, what am I gonna? And it it was quite some time ago and there weren't a lot of female DJs and and 
I don't know, I was just kind of like, how am I going to do this? Because I can't just pick something out of thin air. It needs to like be based on something. If I have right. to do this, it's, yeah. it's got to be something else. Yeah. Are, you, are you also uh, close with Kathy? Kathy Knowles? I know this instrumental. Uh-huh. This is that Fuji's uh, Muhammad Ali soundtrack. Hey. Rumble in the Jungle. You can't see me pointing at Erica Landia right now, but I'm giving her super there are, props. There's mutual pointing going on, and I like it. I'm enjoying all I've of actually it. never heard this song. I only have the instrumentals. So. Oh, you need to hear the song. There's like, I feel like there's like six people on there, at least. Tribe Called Quest is on here. It's Busta's dope. on here. It's dope. I'm guessing I'm, I'm uh, be able John, to identify John Forte's on here. the instrumentals that you play. I, I had no this. idea you were such a huge hip-hop head. You know, <laughs> like now you're spinning like future bass yes. and a bunch of music genres yeah, that I don't know how to identify yes. you know what i mean <laughs> like, i'm not even sure what future base is but i fuck with shit from the future so i'm like cool with, yes. with it i fuck with future base. i fuck with the future yeah i'm always watching the, for the future to develop yeah our um our guy loki was talking about he dj's future base and he gave yeah. me a future base mix that i listened to i was like oh this yeah. is dope like i mean i've, I've heard this before yeah. this genre before but yeah. i just it's not something that i never that i ever took the time to kind of really investigate yeah. the artists that were yeah. producing these jams so. it's interesting because future base kind of gets lumped in with EDM but EDM has a whole bunch of like leaf blowers and like lawn mowers and like big drops and big heavy shit that I don't fuck with I, I who would you say is the premier future bass artist oh god or like the most like the, the layman would recognize if we we're like oh future bass like this guy the, the Skrillex of future bass I feel yeah. like the beginnings of it were like Hudson Mohawk um Rusty like those are the dudes that were Sam, starting it, like maybe Sam like 2010. Shit. Um, Not I, so much Sam. I feel like I. What, what was Sam I am doing back then? I have one yeah. of his records. Yeah. I feel like he was like pre dubstep, but yeah. um, uh, gosh, these questions are so hard because they're so um, Cashmere Cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I have a lot of like. Uh, I didn't know that Hudson Mohawk was considered future bass. I've been listening to Hudson Mohawk since like. I didn't right know after that either. The DMC. But when she said Cashmere Cat, I was like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I could rattle off a whole bunch of people. What's, isn't there like a group called Islands or something? I don't uh, yeah, know. but I don't Islands, know Islands is not future based. No, it's not just Islands. It's like, lo- not Lonely Island. Uh, fuck, anyways. But I feel like. Okay. Anyways, somebody's yelling at the computer right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like you listen to a podcast and you want to <laughs> jump into the conversation <laughs> like, yo! Yeah. That, that must be like the closest you can get to feeling like a ghost. You know what I mean? You're just like seeing the shit happen. And you're like, come on. Yeah. Okay. That happens to me. Yeah. A lot. All right. But, oh yeah. So, um, welcome back to Tokyo. Thank I you. know you come out here quite a bit yes. and, um, I think you've been on the show technically before. How so? Well, she was, when we were live streaming Speakeasy, oh. we didn't get to sit down with you to record, but we sat down with your homie, uh, Mike, Porchlight Records. I think you got on the yeah. mic a little bit, though. Mikey. I think you did say hello. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, I, I, okay, I remember that. It was kind of, you were doing like a satellite kind of recording? Like I do live remember stream. that. Live oh, stream yeah, in the word. event. Who was, I mean, yeah, somebody else was playing with. Mark DeClivelo. Ah, that was a Mark DeClivelo episode. Okay, we just had Mark in studio a couple weeks ago, man. Yeah, yeah, that guy's great too. Shout out to Mark. Shout to out to Mike B. Word, Porchlight, yeah. right? Porchlight. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Porchlight. That's who too. I. That's who I went skating with. We were talking about the mid '90s movie, and then that we went skateboarding afterwards. And Mike B is like one of my oldest friends, and he came out with me for his first time to Japan last year. And um, 
Yeah. So that's I was yeah. texting him before I flew out here, and I was like, "Wish you were coming." I was half hoping that he did because we recorded like a little 15, 20 minute conversation with nice. him um, when you guys were at Speakeasy. Yeah. He was telling us about his work with the Far Side and a bunch of like oh, really yeah. dope hip hop cats. And um, I don't know if we ever we didn't we never released that. It's kind of just sitting in the archives. We need to get him back. Yeah. I want to come back. It's hashtag goals to get out here for Sakura. I've never I've. I've been in spring, like uh, I've been in actually winter. I've been in like Mar like early March, and I've been in November a bunch, a bunch of times. October, but I've never been at that like end of March, beginning of April. So I'm really trying to get out here to see the yeah. cherry blossoms one of these times. Yeah. But I'll I'll try and get Mike to come back out because yeah. he loved it. He brought his skate deck out here and had a little ratchet tool and put it together and was skateboarding oh, around dope. and stuff. Yeah, if he comes out, then we'll get him on the show as a guest, and you yeah. can be third Mike and host yes. with us. That would be super dope. Yes. So uh, everybody, uh, to shout out to Mike, go check him out on Instagram. I think it's just Porch Light, Porch Light Records or Porch Light Music. I think it's like P-O-R-C-H-L-I-T-E. And he takes, for, uh, he needs, to, Mike, you need to post more photos. He's a really great photographer. And he has been working with like Jurassic, Jurassic 5 and Chemist and, and on tour with some like YouTube uh, um, hip hop, hip hop like, uh, I don't know those dudes. I can't remember their name right now. Word. But yeah okay shoot hey. yeah we have to get him on there oh my gosh can i tell you when i moved to los angeles i was like why don't during they the riots no that no i moved to los angeles like three years ago the riots oh. were a while ago but like when i got there i was like why do not doesn't the goodyear blimp on that day that they calculated that was the good day have ice cubes a pimp going across the digital thing they did figure it out they did figure it out they figured it out mathematically and um the dude actually got invited to go kick it with ice cube at a in the goodyear blimp one time what yeah you gotta go google that i feel like that guy really deserves it though he you know does. what i mean like that, that is some real fly ass shit he yeah. did that work but so like uh i when i moved to la i was like that just needs to happen like every year on that date it needs to just be Ice Cube Day, and the Goodyear Blimp needs to have Ice Cube. Is the Goodyear Blimp actually a thing? It's yeah, yeah it's a thing. Yeah. You, he, they flew in it, but they didn't put. They put today's a good day on the digital display. I'm like, you're half stepping. Yeah. You're half <laughs> that stepping. That is definitely Goodyear. half stepping. They're fessing. Yeah, that's bad. So yeah. like, you know. I feel you. Like, I wanted yeah. people petitioned for that to happen, and, and I appreciate that. Yo, I today mean, is a good day. Yo, the tense is all wrong. It's like, <laughs> it's like almost there, right. but yeah, you know. No. Sorry, I got distracted. Musical tangent. No, I, I like it. I, like I it. probably no, took us completely this show is off about. the rails. This no, show that, is about that. That makes me uh, wish I had gone to LA and like fixed that for them. Yeah, so it's yeah. cute. I'm glad. I'm glad he did get recognition and get to meet Ice Cube and fly in the Goodyear Blimp with the Ice Cube. And if people are curious about it, you should go Google it because it's quite a cute yeah, the internet blog is, story. is an amazing place, man. Yeah, straight you know, up and down, man. People are amazing. Can you, can you imagine all the weird shit people have been doing without being able to broadcast it? Yo, people uh, like on, on yeah. 4chan, people will use like photographs taken and uh, of planes going by to find out person's location and be like, if it was taken around this time, look at where this... The sun is in the sky. You can see the planes no, crossing. No, they're, they're and legit. They will find they out don't people need, who are like racist. And, they yeah, don't need crazy. your data from your, like you upload a picture and it has like that data on it. Even if you wipe that, they'll fucking find you, man. It's amazing. What are you talking? Yeah. I've lost track of what the uh, well, hell y'all are talking well, about like, right now. Like to, to say like for example. When you take a picture, sometimes it has like data on it. Meta, like, yeah, metadata. Metadata. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Like IDF? No, that's the fucking 
ID3, Israel ID3 military like ID3 like, tags I think yeah, like yeah. Where, you're, like you, where you've taken it sometimes it, yeah. your location the time date the time yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes even right. if you wipe that people will look at that picture and be and like find out yeah yeah like um there you know there's some people on 4chan and which is 4chan is notorious for being racist and having a lot of things but sometimes they do some really good stuff and find like other people that are being racist or somebody that does something really shitty and like the people on there they'll see a photograph taken by a person they'll be able to look at where the sun's position is in the sky uh -huh. the flight path of a plane going behind it and be able to find out where that person is at and zero in on where that person was being you know an asshole or just finding out shit wow. and it's like it's it's tremendously impressive wow. speaking of tremendously impressive yesterday i started teaching a new school and i'm gonna pat myself on the back for this okay and the, um, the other teachers training these students how to read large numbers so they're writing 15 digit numbers you know trillions okay. into the trillions okay. and the the girl she must have been nine years old she writes down this number 15 digits long yeah for the other kid to read she he's like 100 112 trillion uh, you know 358 billion Man. you know you know and it's going on and i'm looking at it and i'm like yo hold on a second i start adding the numbers together this girl put together um the fibonacci sequence as her 15 digit number and i was so proud of myself for catching it and pointing it out to the other teacher he's like wow that's amazing and i was like yeah i am amazing that almost uh as amazing as this is little girl i'm doing my own 4chan <laughs> shit you know investigating i appreciate all of that i don't even know what that is the, the fibonacci? fibonacci sequence is that one the golden one ratio two, yes Okay. A, a golden mean spiral um the sum of the the sum of the first two numbers equals the next number in this sequence and sacred right. geometry yeah. she just did shout that. out to dronvalo dronvalo melchizedek in the flower of life workshop yo say that again dronvalo melchizedek yo you be killing it with pronunciations this shit. hey thanks man i'll be having a hard time saying shinjuku sometimes <laughs> i went to the uh rebirthing breath workshop way back in the bay wow. a long time ago you know about that erica no but can i just say um this is why i'm here to just like chat with you guys because this is the shit hey, hey <laughs> shout out shout out to us we didn't even yeah, do the sponsors we, I was about to say, we didn't even started the podcast yo, yo, <laughs> yo um yo here goes our sponsors yeah uh first first and foremost we want to give a shout out to the 3d god Keen Joaquin Indeed. of KeenJoaquin.com. Yes. We were showing some of his acrylic artwork and his business cards to Erica a little uh, bit earlier. Yeah. And just trust us when we say that he's super dope. You can find him on Instagram, putting together all types of fly, fully tangible art. Can I say I'm going to track him down when I get to LA? Because that track thing that down. you showed Yo. me is me. Also, yeah, check yeah. out his YouTube because he's constantly uploading all the tapes he's recorded. Yeah. He's uh, trans. I think it's wearing it, them into that's digital. Keen or it's Keen. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't Facebook know his YouTube page. page. Is it not Keen Joaquin? No, his YouTube page is like it's Keen or that's Keen. That's I think keen. it's that's that's keen. Yeah, that's his. Catch but he base. uploads he uploads all this vintage footage that he recorded himself mm -hmm. or tape traded for of like Los Angeles underground hip hop, uh, just underground hip hop scene all the way up until the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So you'll go on there, you'll find like Micah Nine album release party. You'll find like Chillin' Villain Empire shit. You'll find a bunch of crazy footage that would be lost in time if it wasn't for this ridiculously talented. Uh, Mexican dude with a crazy mustache just chilling around and shit. I'm sure I've met this dude because I've hung with AC and Ab for years and I used probably. to work for the record label and and uh, they probably know Keen. Probably. I, yeah. I probably You know Mike Soups? Mm -mm. Okay. No, but I know all the all the boys that you just rattled off. Yeah, man. And exactly. I, out of all the hip hop acts, I've probably seen AC perform more than anybody else. Word. Yeah. Yo, do you know Tony Avila? 
He's an inker for DC Comic Books now, but he used to be a graph writer back in the early 90s. Wrote with like Scribe and a bunch of the like the big graph heads in Los Angeles. Sounds familiar, That's but no, homie. I don't think I've met him. I'm right. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is when you're part of the culture, you touch. Yeah. It's 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 closer than Kevin Bacon. Yeah, one in Hollywood. Oh, it's like but we two were talking, degrees. We were talking about the sponsors, and could you spell his name because Keen Joaquin. It's K E E N. Yeah. W A K E E N. Yeah. That's how you can find him on Instagram. And I just, uh, you can find me, ericalandia.com. And I just tagged him in my stories with the uh, piece of art that you just showed me that I think is super dope. Yo, you know she worked in radio. She's too dope on the mic. You you know how I knew she worked in radio? Mm -mm. She was like telling the story and the mic was kind of drifting. And then she was like, I guess in her mind, she was like, oh, I can't hear myself. And she Mm, went back with it. I wish (laughs) other people. Because I was about to be like, but I didn't need to. If you can't, you can't see me, but I just raised my finger like. I get kind of loud. You didn't say so the I, magic pu- I pull the microphone away when I'm when I'm about to yeah. get loud. I'm getting better at it myself, I think. Oh, uh, this episode is also brought to you by Stan Lee. Aww. Shout out to Stan Lee, man. Tremendously. I, I guess we'll just talk about him a little bit more during the yeah. news section of the podcast. But yeah. yo, Stan Lee definitely helped put this shit together. Yeah. What do we got? Temperature check questions. Uh, first shout out to Harry's. Bet. Harry Sandwich Company in Harajuku, best sandwiches in Tokyo. Uh, the guy is killing it right now, constantly getting more props, more looks. I say his name, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I went there, or I want What's to go there." What's the most there. delicious sandwich you've had at Harry's? Do I need to track Yo. Harry down? Sounds like a sounds like a this. plan. I Either got more days. Honey like barbecue hmm? or the the Cubano. Which is the classic? Okay. Man, I like I like the the meatball joint. The meatball's and, good, also. And the uh, what is the uh, the chicken joint that comes like on the panini type of bread? Is that that's not the honey barbecue though? Panini, it's, I haven't. It, had that. It's no, it's like the flatbread instead of like the the roll type of joint. I haven't had that. Oh, we'll see. It's hard. We we can't even we cannot even decide because mm. all those sandwiches are delicious and they will he collide does be having with specials. your taste buds in magical he ways. Yeah, like a bacon egg sandwich one time, mm. which is also dope. Keep an eye out for that Mega Late Show breakfast sandwich coming at you in 2019. Wasabi and sausage. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. No comment. <laughs> no comment, dog. Yeah, wasabi <laughs> sausage, yo. I All got right. nothing uh, right now. I'm just going to keep it keep it uh, cool. <laughs> well, let's put you on the spot with some of these temperature check questions then. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, your favorite artist when you were younger? 16, 26? You know who was my idol to start with was Sheila E. And it's, it's interesting because I wish I would, I wish if I could go back like those, like, what do you regret, regret not doing kind of questions is if somebody would have put me in front of a drum set when I was a kid. Um, I just really loved her. I had a poster of her in that purple lace joint with her like half shaved head up on my uh, wall forever. And it's funny because I became a DJ and as a DJ, you're pretty much in control of drums and it was interesting that I like looked back and saw that like one of my first heroes was a female drummer so that trajectory was you know I was gonna to be, be involved in percussion somehow yeah that's what's up yeah how about uh, the first album that you purchased what, what, what oh. age was that uh, I was in I was young I was I was super into music young what so, about like your like you're an adult, like your young adult life. Who who was your favorite artist? Uh, How about MC? Like straight out of college type. Like after like you started doing AC, radio. AC was... AC alone. Yeah. 
I mean, I had to have. Hey. I can tell she's finished with Sarasa now. I had to have. I had to have conversations. Being a female DJ and starting in hip hop, I had to had so many conversations about like what's your top five, what's your top ten. So I've had that conversation a million times, and like Karis and AC Alone and Talib Kweli and like all those all those like real serious writers. But I like heady, meta, poetic shit. So AC was my dude. Hey, I Word. like that. Yeah. And That's Ab mega is, shit also. Ab is really good. Like, he's really vibey and wavy. and, and uh, uh, Abstract uh, road. Yeah. Hey, Abby. Um, he uh, experimented with the kind of music that he would, ha he would have Fat Jack produce for him. So, that was dope. All right. AC Alone. All Balls Don't Bounce. Okay. Or A Book of Human Language. So, I... Oh, helped promote the book of human language which the only what? thing that was bad about that was the cover artwork they went to some janky library and that yeah I, when that artwork came out i was like dog the the book of human language was very poetic i found it to be really dark with that da jabberwocky yeah um so like all balls don't bounce was so much brighter they're just two different beasts i can't it's Word. apples and oranges i can't i'm not even gonna one into it you can't do that no to doubt, art no sometimes doubt. hey i mean i don't mind i just like to for the yeah, conversation to just, emerge like, like that, that's what like, I gotta you're hear. Like qu quick, quick, what do you call it? Quick shot. Like I, I, I don't answering, know. Uh, asking questions. I don't know, but I mean, quick I'm rocking fire. it. Quick Yo, fire. Is, quick is, fire. Uh, is B Boy Kingdom on All Balls Don't Bounce? B Boy Kingdom. Project Blowed compilation. It's on the compilation. Vinyl? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I, I I thought it was maybe on that that's or one of my or favorites. you know or All Balls, but uh, the guy I was telling you about. Um, Tony Avila that that uh, colors for DC comic yes. books now. He was actually the one that drove Did Micah Nine to the studio to record that. Micah. So shout out to all of those dope people. Yeah. Word. You want to go next on a question later? Or you want me to keep rifling off these bad boys? Uh, can you do the next one? All right. First album you purchased with your own money or the most recent album you purchased? I'm gonna I can't even. I bought so many records and I started with 45, so I can't even remember what, recollect what the first ones were. Um, they were probably like Prince and Sheila E ones when I was a kid, like five. But because wow. um, uh, one of the first gifts that I got at that age was a uh, like one of those plastic turntables that like the, uh, the, the, the top the, opened up. Uh, what are they? What are they? Play school yeah, plastic kind of turntables? Yeah. I had yo yo. Those remember are dope. Teddy Ruxpin? The, do you remember Teddy Ruxpin? You could put the tape creepy into his chest. Teddy bear <laughs> with a that thing was Yo. creepy AF. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Coflow. I, I hear go. this Coflow in the back. She's as I flow it. fluently. Um. Uh, Soon you'll see as I flow fluently to frequently. frequently. Um, Another with the clear vinyl with the with yeah. weird aliens on it and stuff. I didn't know how much I loved you, Erica. <laughs> but man, you are my type of people. This is so funny because I'm so open format DJ, but this is like uh, it's fun because I haven't. This was my shit. Like if you listen to back to my radio shows, it's funny because it sounds like all the stuff that made it through all the stuff that had shelf life so when you listen back to it it's kind of hard to explain but like it sounds like i'm just playing um all the best hip-hop that like a modern playlist of yeah. like the best of back in the day yeah, but it was but just I was dope doing then. it real yeah. time back yeah. then so it's interesting but um what was I going to say? Oh, so I'm going to talk about the most recent records because I can't even recollect the first ones that I bought when I was a kid. Um, last time I went to Amoeba Records in Hollywood, I came out with uh, the K Tronada album. That artwork is sick yeah. and he's dope and the tracks are dope. Um, but I couldn't not have that. And also James Blake. 
Okay. I'm a Yo, huge, I'm a huge the new fan. James Blake. Uh, if it was the Catronata era, then that's like two years ago. Then. Yeah, I don't buy buy a lot of vinyl lately. That's probably because it's like the only reason I buy it is because I listen to something so much, and you get that additional like. 15 17 18 percent sound quality when you buy vinyl sure. compared to digital yeah. so if you listen to something digital 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 on like streaming or on your itunes your ear gets accustomed to the sound uh quality and then when you put that vinyl on the record with the needle you're like oh it's like so, so that was warmer. luxurious yeah i just started playing music at gigs and things yeah. like i've got this controller here yeah and this year was the first time where i've kind of changed my thought process because before like always listening to music and you know being like oh you know you don't need flack or vinyl that's just like audiophile hmm. bullshit or whatever hmm. i still think flack is bullshit but word but after like playing behind somebody playing vinyl or even just serato mm -hmm. and it's just like oh yeah, yeah. this shit sounds kind of vinyl is always so weak. warm but yeah. but mp mp3s you know they're like with their compression techniques it's taken a lot of the warmth uh, out of the music and mm -hmm. it does sound a little bit less wonderful than that analog yeah. hum but then uh, also the the step up the 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 better side of that is that m a lot of people listen to music on their laptop speakers so you know when you're out with serato yo so it's a step up from that so my girl know. listens to music on her phone and sometimes i just oh i know i make that like jay-z face like from the, that video the phone speaker yeah oh that's illegal i thought that's youtube the law. <laughs> oh youtube <laughs> off the speakers that is a difficult uh you might want to re reassess your relationship no i'm just kidding but dang Okay, I mean, to each his own. It can get to rough. To each his own. Yeah. To it can get rough. So yeah. K. Tornada and James Blake were the last two double albums that I bought. I wanted to get like five more, but I just get Yo, those James things. James Blake is so dope. Oh, Sorry, God. I didn't mean to cut you off. He up. is. He is. I'm such a fangirl. I'm such a fangirl. Have you seen him live? Oh, God. The last time I saw him live, he came to Los last Angeles. Last time. Super jealous. Dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stan for James Blake. I've been uh, an early adopter on him, and I made these... Um, mixtapes called Soultronica and he's been on a bunch of them and somehow he heard one of them and, and oh yeah you did oh. say that DM'd me on like SoundCloud oh, and I dope. melted into a puddle on my Brooklyn right. apartment floor but the last notice time I saw notice me sensei oh, senpai <laughs> right what's that notice me senpai it's like a meme yeah it's like when a lot of anime has a trope of like the younger person looking up to the older person and wishing they would acknowledge them acknowledge me senpai Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I need or maybe it is notice me. Sh show me I this when we get off, cause okay. I'm. Um, I fucked it all up when I said it, but yeah. I mean it's basically that. And you know how memes get like twisted like over generations and times. Now there's like a a shark one, where it's like a shark saying that about somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it happens to the best of us. I think yeah. you know meme culture, but yeah, basically just when somebody that's really dope that you look up to, or maybe even idolize, yeah. notices you, you're like. Oh gosh, yeah, I get that feeling. Yeah. I, I try not. I, Kalela was just standing behind me a couple nights ago at a warehouse party, and I really had to control myself to not turn around and tell her <clears throat> how much I'm like. Uh, I don't want to use the word obsessed. I'm not obsessed, but like I just listen to her all the time, and she has these like yeah. remix, all these remix packs from the first, the last project, and the new project, and I just don't ever stop listening to them. And I just had to be like, Erica, don't turn around and be that girl. Like, don't be creepy. You're not doing that right now. You're yeah. just being cool. <laughs> I, I try to, I got to stop myself from doing that when, whenever we meet somebody that's famous and shit too. I've been pretty good. 
Uh, yo, when I met Trigoy, when I met Dave from De La Soul, He's I embarrassed myself. We were, we were pretty was so drunk. Nice, we were pretty drunk then. I definitely embarrassed myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Oh, because you were talking about his... <laughs> yeah, no, like I was talking to his like his girlfriend or his wife or some shit. And, I, and I, like, I just met her and she's like, oh, no, we're dating or we're married or some shit. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, ah, that is a ridiculous thing to say. Like, I'm so impressed by I you being know. married to my hero I that it must be awesome to fucking, you know... Use the same toilet as him. This is like, that's what it's getting at. It's like so ridiculous no, thing to say. You're, you no, are, like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, but I was really drunk at the time, so. Yeah, so you get a pass. All. I'll give you yeah. a pass on that. But um, James Blake, he came to Los Angeles and he had, I think, two nights booked to play in a church in Koreatown. Okay. James Blake in a church is like some shit that I'll never forget. Like on the actual Sorry. organ? Like he was up at the front and had his pianos and they had some lighting and he had like, I just was like, I mean, he just starts singing. Same thing happened when I saw Nina Simone. He just starts singing and I just start tears. You saw Nina Simone? Tears running down my face. First notes, tears, tears, tears. You're watching James like sing in a church at night in the dark with lights and stuff. That so sounds. That was the last time I saw. And I went with one of my friends, Jarrell, and he's an amazing singer. And we just kind of like sat there and like watch this amazing show so yeah very dope yeah yeah here goes what you got if you were stuck on a desert island and could only choose two artists and their entire discography to take with you what artist would you choose i had to think uh I, i've heard that question like what 10 albums would you take and i've kind of parsed my cd collection down to kind of that something close to that number and i that kind of question you just really have to think about what kind of mindset like i get meta with it like what kind of mindset do you need to maintain as That's a person was, on yeah. a desert island yeah and it's like do i want to like have like outcast and am i really going to be attached to like pop references or like is that even going to mean yeah. anything on a desert you're island? hearing them talk about like liberation and then it's just like yeah yeah i'm on, on a on desert island, island. yeah yeah do so, you want to pick like bob marley so you can kind of feel like it's not too bad out here so the two people that I think I would naturally gravitate towards are Stevie Wonder and Sade for two different reasons. Stevie Wonder, with his discography, you get the whole spectrum of emotional palette. Yes. You get from like the instrumentals to like Voyage of India from Secret Life of Plants to like another... What? what? I'm blanking up. What is that song? Another... I don't know. Yeah. I'm so bad with names of like classic albums and classic artists. Like, I, I even with Michael Jackson songs, I'm so bad with them. But I know most of them when I hear them. Blaking. But yeah, um, you know, like you said, you get the whole kind of emotional palette, and you even get the the better version of the birthday song. You, you know get, what I mean? Yes, better version of the birthday song. But like, so whole, whole emotional palette from like, never thought you'd leave me in summer, to like, happy songs. I yep. mean, I. His album cuts are ridiculous, and his yeah. discography is giant. Yeah. So you're taking a you, shitload you of albums get, like, to that. Live versions of his albums that he's released over the years yeah. that are just like super good. You used to live in New York. Did you ever go to DJ Spinner's uh, Wonderful event? Yeah, and he does it in LA too. Okay, bet. Yeah, I mean, shout out to DJ Spinner. Yeah. Guest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had him on. He's great too, man. Super talented, phenomenal dude. Yeah. Nice as could be. 
And Stevie showed up at his wonderful party in L.A. like a year ago, I think, and everybody it's lost not, their shit. Because yeah. it, oh. it is, it, it, that was at a small venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, on our on our podcast, he told us a story about when uh, one of Stevie's kids was born. Um, Stevie Wonder called like right after coming out of the uh, you know the delivery room or whatever. He called the show and was like, "Yo, my son was just born. I named him after Mandela." Mm. Um, and they put like the speaker phone like on so everybody in the whole venue could hear this yeah, phone yeah, call yeah. from I Stevie Wonder. That. I heard that. Oh, you were there for the, oh no, you heard I, about I it heard though. About it, yeah. Oh man, that is like you know. Shout out to Stevie Wonder. Great choices. Oh, the song song is another star. La 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 la, yeah. la 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 mm. Put it on late. Um. Yo, I like that. Yeah. I like it when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, drop oh, it. Yeah. Drop, drop it. it late. Drop yeah. it. But and then Sade, because I, you know, her discography is amazing and mm. I, I love to just chill out and she's like always on those chill, warm vibes and she, her albums and her album cuts are beautiful as well did anybody hear the new Sade song that just came out have not yet i I've haven't been, heard it yet what? either i've been trying to get out to like japan this week or something yeah, like that what yeah. several days so. yeah it's <laughs> yeah. been it's been like five yeah, days new Sade it came song. Out. i was a little nervous because she did that song for one of the movie uh, a wrinkle in time yeah wrinkle in time is it not and that kind of deal is it just like a single i, I think know. she just released a single and i think she's prepping to release an album which she does every decade or so Yo, God bless she graces Friday, graces yeah. us with a when the album. stars align in the proper configuration yes. the portals are open from yeah. the stargate <laughs> that's when the shit yeah, drops. i'm gonna do my little <laughs> no you didn't i'm gonna brag a I little bit that. since eric landia saw uh nina simone uh no uh james blake james blake a couple times you've seen sade twice no that's dope she's a unicorn How? she's a mermaid she's a mermaid she, were unicorn. you a kid when you saw this how did this happen the last you didn't tour see her in the sequin the sequin joint i did went you? to the american one in atlanta oh. and then she went international and i was in australia so i was like oh shout out to double up i'm gonna hate on late after the podcast you know i'm just gonna start hating on him for that reason only <laughs> that's dope yeah uh hey touche right there but to be honest man i haven't been to a lot of large artists like shows i haven't seen like i never saw prince or anything like that i've been going to underground hip-hop events like i might go to like the great american music hall mm. to see an event or you know what i mean something small but i've never been to like a huge concert since like coachella and that was early coachella before it was like this is like 2006 coachella 2005 maybe coachella mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a different vibe so i've never seen any of those type of artists but word, shout out to y'all cooler to me by Wait, a lot can i can i keep trying to identify every track that you put on i think you got this one i think this is at least the artist i uh, think oh wait a second i feel like this is the f can i answer no no i'll let you go wait give me a second because it's not the bush babies um West Coast. same same time period Mm. Oh, you I, you give it I a go. I think this is the far side. Yeah. Ah, yes. What is it again? Uh, bullshit. Yeah, I'm bullshit. so bad with that. Bullshit names, with a, man. That would be the, the second dollar album. dollar symbol S. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Lab in, lab, in, lab cabin lab California. California. I just did my California heritage like a disservice by that Bush Babies guess. Mm, I mean, it's all right. It's a jam. the fact that you even pulled Bush Babies kind of like yeah. gives you more credence though. They You're like, what is this, Nelly? The, they definitely ha shared this kind of dreamy, dreamy boom yeah. bap sound. I love that mid '90s sound. Yeah. 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 Is this a Dilla beat? Might be. I get confused because yeah. there's a JD. But it's not Dilla. No, that is Dilla. That is J. That is no, 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 no. They Another had, JD. They had a producer called JD who did most of their first though? album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Same Dilla. Person. No. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. the JD that I'm familiar with. Is no, it J. was the guy. He got kind of 
strung out on drugs. They had a different producer. There was another Dilla that I'm was pretty. I mean, sure. JD. Oh. I mean, Maybe I'm tripping though. I know Dilla. during this era he wasn't going Dilla. by Dilla. He was going by JD. Dilla, up AKA until JD, like definitely the produced for the Far Side. On the first album. Mm. Mm. All right, maybe I'm wrong then. Mm, yeah, I think so. I I get them mixed up. Like that's why Dallinger be making fun of me because I my 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 far side knowledge is always lacking to him, and so he always be clowning me for that shit. But mm. yeah, I don't know. All right. Why? Just because he be like, yo, you know about everything, but you don't know about the far side. You a little oh, yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dallinger. I mean, yeah, you're. Uh-huh. There are spots in like your. I'm doing air quotes. Producer mainstream. Jay- Bullshit. Yeah. Producer uh, w- Jay Dilla. Yeah. It is Dilla. It is. I just the, did. The I just did go and Google that yeah. while you all yeah. were chatting. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the fact check. <laughs> you know we need that. But is it? What the, is it called? Is it the same JD while you yeah, have yeah. it open yeah, yeah, yeah. from the first album? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. What do you call it? What do you call when you go? What is that site that you check everything on Shazam. Facebook? Who sampled? No. When uh, something's politically incorrect, it's like Snopes. Snopes. Uh, yeah. I'm your personal Snopes on music. There we go. Thank you for that. Yeah. Facts. The the Mega Late Show only deals in facts. Only, you know, no yes. spin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no fake news. It's funny how from episode to episode we're like, yo, don't believe anything we say. <laughs> this is probably incorrect. This is not. We have we have a counter uh, catchphrases. Yeah. This is not information and. Right. No nothing but facts. Twenty four seven. No. This is yeah. This is not information though. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 go to um, rank these convenies. Oh, Family Mart, Lawson's, Seven Eleven. So usually we call it Mary Fuck Kill, but when I get a when we get a, a lady guest in here, <laughs> I don't want to be so crude. But I want to, cause you know equality. So <laughs> yeah. Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. You know what? It's hard because uh, I probably kill Seven Eleven, and I don't know who I'd marry or fuck uh, in terms of Family Mart and Lawson's. Okay. Um, but I didn't mean where. Where did you get that onigiri from today? I got that from Family Mart. Shout out to Family Mart. And that was better than 7-Eleven. <laughs> Shout out to Family Mart. Family Mart. Okay, so the deal is is that I have a huge sweet tooth. Wait a second, wait a second. What? Shout out to Family Mart. <laughs> you need a new sponsor. Yo, hey, um, hey, Family we, Mart, holla. We're, we're going to have our year-end episode, too, and I think I got to go back and count all the guests and see who's actually winning. I think Family Mart's in head. And it, I think it's Family Mart, Lawson, 7-Eleven. Okay, can right you now. tell me which one is right across the street from... Sound Museum. Sound Museum. Family Mart. Yeah, that is a family. So I think I think Family Mart wins, and then Lawson's. Okay. I have a huge sweet tooth, and I feel like all the baked treats are better at those two than they are at Seven Eleven, and definitely Mm. this onigiri was better at Family Mart than it was at Seven Eleven. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. I don't know about actual market share, but just like. If you're standing on a random street and you look around, mm. Family Mart has more better users. coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Sometimes yeah. two or three times as much coverage. My most important things that I'm looking for in a kombini are the pastries that are packaged. And last time I came, they had like Rilakkuma ones. Like Rilakkuma mm. was on the packaging. I was like, yes, I need to buy these pancakes with cream in the center that have the Rilakkuma on Word. it. But like, um, and then like uh, the Haagen-Dazs green tea crispy ice cream sandwiches and then like onigiri that's and like milk teas mm, and, mm. and stuff like that you know the so only thing 7-eleven's got on it what sorry to cut you off yeah like their promotions like their cross promotion like they always have some like dragon ball z thing yeah, or like some band that. yeah yeah like that when doesn't you register i'm a pro- promotion what yeah. yeah i mean well like they'll have they'll have like a like collaboration sometimes if you buy something, something oh, they'll okay. like 
oh, you bought this much stuff, you can like get a lottery ticket or something. Yeah. It's usually 7-Eleven that has that going 7-Eleven is Jada's choice. I actually knew this question was coming and I had to like survey a couple of my friends so that we could discuss because everybody wants or values different things in the convenies. And she Definitely. just said 7-Eleven is always the most stocked um, in terms That's of... That's because nobody goes there. <laughs> <laughs> See what he said, Jada? See yeah. what he said? But, but it's true. Shout out to Jada B, by the way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, shout out to Jada B. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. when we ask this question, usually, I mean, people answer it the same, but from guest to guest, people approach it from different angles, like you're saying. So yeah. if I yeah. if I ever come back with, like, Mike B and whatnot, I will have ranked the difference between Lawson's and Family Mart by then. Because now we I'm going to be that. paying attention. Yeah, we should definitely... We should join in for that. We should we should have like a controlled test where we We've get almost a bunch got a of new year. Of chicken, yeah, yeah, take yeah. the wrapping off of it, and try them. And you know what I mean? That's a good idea. Yeah, we can try that. What do you guys look for? What What are your What are your must haves? Like, what are well, you like that kombini? It changes. Yeah, um, for me, like um, hot food. I prefer the hot food at Family Mart. Okay. I also like if I want a cookie. Like I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Family Mart and get their cookie. I used to eat a lot of like bentos, the pre-prepared yes. meals. Yes. And usually, 7-Eleven is better for that. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. And too. their noodles. Trip out. But I don't eat those as much anymore. Okay. And the onigiri or the chicken is better at yeah. Family Mart. Yes. I when I was drinking, like I've been sober for quite a while now, but when I was drinking, I always felt like Family Mart had a better variety of the type of highballs that I wanted. Jada over, was talking about the yeah, liquor select yeah. at uh, 7-Eleven right. too. But, oh, but not if to you, put you on blast, Jada. But, but if you if you if you like if you like like craft beer or you know like oh, the beer, alcoholic Jada. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're talking about the one with the problem, a drinking problem. <laughs> that Shut Jada B. No, or the Jada B that produced that Far Side album. <laughs> but, he got you. But <laughs> no, but like the alcoholics that I mean, the alcoholics, the people that drink, the people that drink beer, that like, like you know, the kind of craft beers and IPAs, they're probably going to air towards Lawson, so they can get to that natural Set Lawson. Lawson's, so. you know. It depends on kind of what you look for. Yeah, it does. Know? It definitely does. Your priorities. Yeah, priorities definitely matter in, cho- in your choice of kombini. I had to figure out why it was kombini because it's a convenience store, so it would be kombini. And we I was like, Jada, Jada, what's going on? I'm confused. She's like, there's no V. So, yeah, there's no V in yes, the same Japanese physical kombini. And the R and the L. Okay. Straight up and down. Yeah. Should we cut this uh, temperature check question short so we can go into the convo late? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think we hit all of them pretty much. I mean, we, we, we'll, save, we'll save the other few for the end of the podcast. The unchanging. Yeah? The unchanging joints. So, Erica, oh, you have something to say? Oh, yeah. We'll save that for the end of the show. Okay. I was pantomiming. Y'all couldn't yeah. see it because okay. I'm yeah. slick like that. Yeah. Um, we'll save that one for the end of the show. Word. The angel and devil joint. Um, all right. Well, let's go into the conversation segment of the podcast. Okay. And now that I've been talking, that we've been talking to you outside of, you know, the recording, um, I'm learning that there's so much more to you and your involvement in hip hop culture. And that's what I want to know. But okay. before we get there... Mm-hmm. You talk to us about Sheila E, mm-hmm. you know, and drums. Mm-hmm. But where does the Erica Landia story begin? When does your interest in DJing or creating music or being part of the music scene really begin for you? Well, I was, I've always been kind of a music fanatic and, and so annoying to my sister because I would be rapping and singing and dancing as she's like four or five years older than me. And, and you know, I'd just be showing out at the mall just being a nut. I'm just kind of 
when I get on one, I'm I'm just kind of like doing the most. So um, I have liked uh, music and R&B and hip hop ever since I was a kid. And then I didn't even consider DJing um, until I went to college and I was a fan of my college radio show. And uh, there were a couple dudes who were doing hip hop programs and I used to call and request shit. Is this in the Bay? Uh, in the Bay in Santa Santa Cruz. I went to uh, college at UC Santa Cruz. Oh, dope. Yeah, so I'm from the Bay, and, and that's where I decided to go to school. And uh, and then one of the DJs, Tim Perry, shout out Grits and Gravy, um, he uh, he was like, you should just come and get a show. And I was like, oh. I, I'm not someone... You can do that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not someone who thinks outside of the box a whole lot, but like if you give me an idea, I can definitely like make it come to fruition. So... Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that because I love music. And um, so I started there and, and was a DJ for a number of years and a music director and, and stuff like that. Um, and it was a hip-hop non-commercial uh, radio show, and we got to break a lot of artists along the way, and that was dope. And you know what was interesting? When you guys were talking about you compile a list of events for, for Tokyo is that I used to do that. So as part of that... Um, uh, in the Bay Area, we had this Bay Area Hip Hop Coalition where all the um, college radio DJs would get together because we were we didn't have a lot of power like the um, like Sway and Tech did in the Bay. Right. Shout out Sway, um, but like the commercial radio DJs had so much um, power with the labels that they could get artists to come to their shows. Right. But like all the college non-commercial radio pirate radio folks had to like band together to like do meet and greets with artists and. Um, get tickets to shows and get promo stuff. And and I used to um, be part of this dope collaboration in the Bay Area and we'd meet up in like San Francisco or Berkeley and I used to compile all the shows happening in the Bay and email it to people. So I had this list oh, called dope. Diaspora going out. Um, what, what, around what time was this? Uh, like what year? Gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, I was a kid, I was in my teens and... Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to age you on the podcast or no, anything. No, no, but no. I'm just trying to remember, like, what year that was. I want to say around 99. Okay. Yeah. Man, my, um, you know, my, my, some of my best friends grew up in, like, my, my brother Sot, uh, he lived in the Santa Cruz Mountains uh -huh. and uh, really, really dope dude, big into underground hip hop. I imagine he was probably listening to yeah. your radio show. Yeah, yeah. Back in those days, yeah. like we, you know, we were all on that vibe in the, you know, mid to late 90s, that underground yeah. kind of scene. And, you know, there was the wake up show, but then there were yeah. like KSJS. There was, you know, yeah. all the college all radios that were dropping really, all those, I know all really those DJs from, from that period of time. Yeah. So that's how I got my start. And I, I had, I was studying biology and then got totally sidetracked by music and I've always kept it as a part and then I probably DJed on the radio and had my radio show for like five years before I learned to like mix and then would get out in front of people because uh, the Bay Area has such a high uh, bar for DJing that I didn't want to be whack. I didn't. So I it used to at least. Well, Is it used still to. like that now? Uh, yeah, I I think that yeah, I think that they're still well. DJing has changed quite a bit. Um, so um, I don't mean to take us on to another tangent that's a about hip hop that's culture. A like, that's a different conversation. Culture. But like, yeah, there's still a pretty high bar in the Bay Area in terms of DJing. Mm. What was the name of this show? Your your first radio show? Oh gosh, 
It was okay. called the Mega Late Show. It went from it went from being called all that for the first year or two to Underground Railroad. Yo, what? <laughs> really? That's dope. <laughs> I love I love both the Underground Railroad radio show from New York, and yeah. I also love all that. Yeah, you know, Snick <laughs> at s- Snick at night, like Snick, Nick at night. You remember yeah. that? Yo, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, uh. I'm a, I hate when you I sing on the Snick? podcast and shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it was like the tail end of my childhood. I kind of grew out of it, but Word. shout out to shout out to you for that. And man, so. I don't even know where to go with the conversation. I just want to hear more about you getting to hip hop. So after what, what about before that? Like what what was the influence in your household that even would make you be like, oh, this is something I might be into? Or you know like what? That. It's so bizarre because my mom, I think we just listened to the radio a lot when we were driving around. And then uh, I had an older sister and she had a boyfriend in high school that um, used to make mixtapes. And it had like... Um, like when I was super young, it had like a uh, new edition and ready for the world. It was more like R and B than it was hip hop, but then there'd be some like hella old, like Curtis blow and stuff in there. So like, um, whenever you have an older sibling, they give you a head start on music. Um, shout but, out to, uh, my older siblings. Right? Yo, yeah, shout out to my down. little brother. It happens. Straight up and down. It's a, it's a thing. So I got a little head start in that way. Um, but like my dad really liked like classic rock and like like PC like like um John like Denver Bay Area no oh, okay more like I I'm I'm gonna have a hard time recollecting but like Hollow Notes and uh, Ario Speedwagon and uh, Super Tramp so he used to listen to yeah um who was that man who did the um talk box. That did Zap and Roger sang no sang with the Bee Gees. A uh, Peter Frampton, Word. right? So like that like post hippie like rock. My dad was super into that when I was growing up, and my mom, my mom's always kind of just had this very specific music collection. She has like the same twenty or forty albums from vinyl to CD to. But I used to pour over like Michael Jackson albums and her Beatles records when I was a, a baby. Um, so I don't know. I just it's always been a thing for me. I, I find I, I notice that kind of a lot, and maybe it's a maybe it's all generations. But yeah, like I can't really pinpoint when I took an interest in hip hop music. But at various points in my life, I remember being very intrigued or interested, or my life being dominated by hip hop culture. Yeah, and it's a lot of it comes from my older sisters. Like I remember. I remember getting like seeing their Prince albums and being like, "Yo, this is a dangerous ass looking cover. Like, who is this guy? Just yes. hella naked. You know what yes. I mean? Like, and I remember, you know, riding in the car with them and hearing like the Ghetto Boys before I even knew hip hop or 911's a joke by yeah. Public Enemy and just being like, what is this? Like, but indelible moments that just kind of imprinted on me. Shout yeah. out to older, older, older siblings. Sis- yeah, my yeah. my. my my oldest uh not my oldest but my my sister is coming into town in december and like i'm super hyped to just show nice. around tokyo she's nice. never been you oh know, that's here, so amazing so, yeah that's dope she's and she, and it's like it's a really cool generational jump because i think she's 11 just just almost 11 years older than me or just 11 years older than me so you know all of that like her entire generation when, when i was when i was a kid she was like putting me onto the shit that she was into when she's like 16 that's 17 dope. so Yo, shout out to uh, my sister Ruby. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, so now uh, you've been DJing for quite a long time, 
and had various changes in the direction of your music and your art and yeah. the way that you approach it. Um, what, what are you up to these days? So, oh, that or was... Or is a, there anything in the middle there, like, that I, we should go over? That was... That was the, the, I think take, I, us, take us through your I story. I think I got to the point where it's, like, five years after doing the radio show, I started DJI out in front of people, and then it went from, like, part-time to half-time, and then I moved to New York, and it went full-time, and I've been full-time DJing ever since that. Um, along the Along the way, I started writing about music, and I started... I was writing right. about... Uh, hip-hop 12 inches for herb magazine um wow oh you're publishing herb uh-huh. yo man i'm telling you i love erica <laughs> like she's so dope man <laughs> that is really cool stop stop i, I wonder if i've read anything because i used to have a, a subscription herb i think is it i think is it my initials are eko at the bottom my friend odub oliver invited me to write for herb um back in the oliver day oliver who oliver wang you're friends with oliver wang hey oliver what yo tell him about our show <laughs> no i mean like, no he's literally like one of my heroes like uh like the work he does the <laughs> academic approach to his to soul sides and his approach to hip-hop music like i i, I love that guy okay so he I was part of the guy. hip-hop coalition yeah, at okay. calyx yo and uh he lives a mile away from my house and uh bring him out here Get on the show. I will. I will. I, he's definitely been out here before, and I will. Uh, I will tell him to connect with you because yeah. he's super into that kind of thing. Yeah, that um, guy is great to me. Like the academic approach to, uh, yeah. s- like watching hip hop culture. I yeah. just that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, Herb <sighs> magazine journalism. Yeah, I'm, I keep on going off on tangents, but you're cool. Man. And then after, uh, I I I'm just looking at all the stones throw stuff in your studio right now and dying because uh, I got to work with this record distributor at one point that was kind of functioning as a label for all these dudes, like for all stones throw and Project Blowed and Jurassic Five. Delicious and, vinyl. Um, I mean, I, I don't so know. It was not called, to take you off It was the called New Groove Records, and what they tried mm. to do was gather all of these indie record labels together and help distribute and promote all of their catalogs so like i um was helping with that when i was in like the last year of college um and so that was part of what i was doing when i was djing and and writing and doing the radio show so that's kind of some of my background and like how i started and what i'm doing now so what happens is that hip hop has this life. It has this whole, you know, start, you know, from the boroughs. And then it has this whole life through like the late 80s, all the way to the 90s, 2000s. And here we are with like mumble rapping and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, of course, um, I'm going to develop as a DJ and try to keep staying with like positive music and hip-hop kind of is in a very like i don't know how to say it but like there's only a few people doing it right in my opinion like a handful in terms of like the larger in terms uh, of the genre in terms of popularity of the genre popular artists yeah i would agree with you i mean uh, but also you know using the like to get semantic using the term right is kind of when it comes to art is a little bit uh, maybe maybe not the right way for us to phrase it but i agree with you like there's I only clarify. a few I, go ahead I, 
I can at, I can at symbol you. <laughs> please, please. I can I can show you some receipts. So yeah. one of my one of my things about being a DJ is I've always wanted to amplify like critical thinking and positive music. So that was always my shit. So like when trap music came out um, and was popular 22, 25 years ago, I hated it then, and yeah. I don't like it now because yeah. there's a lot of like you know misogyny and like. Yeah. Ignorance and stuff like that. So when I say when they're doing it right, I'm talking about like Kendrick Lamar and Anderson Pack and or even like Jay Rashawn Cole, and uh, like so that's why I'm talking about doing it right because yeah. in my opinion it's like uh, I want people to be critically using critical analysis as part of their art form. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I'm talking about. And especially as a woman. Like when I'm at Coachella and I hear Aesop Ferg or whoever starting off their set with "I fucked your bitch," I'm like going the other direction yeah, towards Aloe Black. Yeah. I, I Yo, a lot of people's bitches are getting fucked. fucked. Man. Yeah, so that's that's what happened with the genres yeah. is I had to step away because hip hop, that my my love of hip hop and the artists that were doing the things that I felt like I could support, yeah. um, kind of came to a, a somewhat of a close. If I'm gonna be real. Um, well, to, uh, uh, something that I, I, I want to say I've noticed, or maybe I'm just putting this together in my mind right now, is that a lot of the women who I found that were similar, like uh, they had like a strong interest in hip hop culture, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them moved underground because, you know, uh, the music didn't have the same level of misogyny and things of that nature that started to emerge more when hip hop tried to be mainstream and and they were like yo this is what they want us to play this is how they want to portray us mm -hmm. and so when you know Nas starts making that transition to like the uchi wally type of that era then then a lot of people were like yo like i'd rather listen to this underground stuff because it's not it, i mean it still has its misogyny and uh, problematic areas but it's not nearly as ubiquitously problematic like that you know slug is talking about relationships with women but he's also not being like yo i fucked your you know i'm doing this to you or <laughs> Look at you, you know to be nice. well you know like I, I don't think that i to, to make my point i don't yes. need to you know say it but but yeah like and any any of the people that i know that are like women hip-hop heads yeah they kind of aren't on that vibe of that snap music vibe and and everything that came from that yeah. and that's kind of why i separated from it too and i think Layden and i've had this conversation like I just couldn't identify with a lot of it. Mm. Even, even you know, back then I was shopping at Goodwill and buying all used clothes. So songs like Air Force Ones and and things that we're talking about that is like just didn't appeal to me at all. Right. Fifty Cent didn't appeal to me that much. It might sound like good for the club or right. whatever, but I'm not really the type of guy that is talking about shooting you and killing you. First and foremost, I don't believe you on wax doing those things. So it's just like it's not the art that I was looking for. Yeah. So yeah. Not to go off and too I much don't, of a tangent. Yeah, and I'm not trying to contradict or play devil's advocate, but, but when I hear but that I conversation, <laughs> yeah, the butt was there. Uh, yep. It's uh, it's funny because that's like so much my heritage with hip hop, like especially trap music. Mm. Like when I hear people say, "Oh, I don't like early trap music," I'm like, "Oh, you don't like Ti?" 
T.I. Yeah. is dope. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. David Banner is dope. Yeah, the, and I agree with you. Yeah. I like some uh, like ju- Juvenile Ha. Like, yeah. that was my shit. Yeah. Like, me and Pep Love from Hieroglyphics were, like, early ado- yeah. adopters on that. But, like, the other... Yeah, but I, I know what you guys mean. You know like, what I'm talking I, about. I, I don't, I it's don't think that it's... Thing. Uh, like, when I'm when I'm making that distinction, you see a lot of, like, older hip-hop is like, this is bad. Like, this is not good rap. Yeah. But I think those songs are good. I think that Nelly, like, all that country grammar shit, yeah. it's good and it achieves what it wants to. It's just kind of not what I'm fucking with and not what I considered hip-hop culture at See, the time. See, I wouldn't even consider Nelly as, like, trap music. I'm thinking, like, more Master P yeah, and shit like that. Sure, yeah. sure. Like, Nelly... Too, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. talking about the game and shit, and so yeah. I was like, okay, what are we talking... What's the content here? Because yeah. I've always been about yeah. content. And, and I know this isn't the conversation we're having right now, yeah. but, yeah, there's always a time and a space for that music or yeah and the sonic the sonic sound of it like i love the projection and i think people undeniably respond to it um but then i talk to my friends whether they're djs or they're listening and they are like i'm like what do you do to tune out the content of what these people are talking about (laughs) they're like yeah i just don't listen to it i'm like bitch i listen to the music i'm listening to so i'm like um, or you do you got, just you, skim through it? Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it. It's like it's like food. Music is like food. What are you right. feeding your brain? What are we programming in? Yeah. Like I've always right. been about that. So that's yeah. That's, that's my problem with a me. lot of uh, stuff now. Yeah. Like sonically, and I'm not super into the sound, but you know when shit is hype or whatever, yeah. it's hype. But then I'm like, yo, these dudes are either saying something I've already heard before, yeah. or they're not saying nothing, you or know? they're saying something really dumb, but in a cool way for five minutes. Mm. But I think I saw, uh, maybe it's Saul Williams that said this like a couple years hey. back, but he was like, yo, if you, if you eat Cheetos all day, look at what it does to your shit. Like you can't just ingest all of this garbage right. and think that it doesn't go somewhere right. or affect you in some type of way. Absolutely. And when you're, when you're only subjecting yourself to, um, for even just only only mainstream hip hop music, right. the type of themes that are reoccurring and, and the the music that's created, it's like a lot of it is not very musical. A lot yeah. of it is very simple, using the same chord progressions and the same drums. And it's like that's what you're going to get your nourishment from, right. you know. And like subject yourself to I don't know Mud Boy for you know six you know six Little Mud Boy. Yeah, face. Well, yeah, young, young you know, my boy. you know, and, yeah. and it's like, it, and the thing is, is like, it's it's it can be fun music, you know. I think a lot of yeah, it is really hype people, and dope. Like but I like, said, most people I like enjoy the bounce, and I like it, and that's why I like I like kind of like future ba- future bass trap or girl traps. Like that's you're gonna hear that girl kind trap. Of girl traps. There's a is that a person Densi- a band so, name or like so, a genre? So it's kind of a genre like so like selection. In my personal life, I fucks with girl traps. Girl traps. A lot. Girl traps, yeah. So like, there's is that this like a bo- like a different name for booby trap, like no. a more politically just the muscle. Booby? Okay. Like trap music for girls. Oh, girl. I get like it. Tra- late. Tra- hey, that was girl. dirty. Hey, do ooh. I have like a, a drop for that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Please no. Oh, that was sausage dirty. wasabi. Hey. <laughs> Yo, let's <laughs> welcome to the Mega Late oh, Show, the number one hip hop. I wasn't even thinking about podcast. that when you said. <laughs> you should have seen yeah. his look on his face when I just snapped that. That was hilarious. Yeah. You like clinched. I didn't, I didn't even think That's that up. Hilarious. I'm gonna start calling it wasabi. <laughs> hey. You know, it's not for everybody. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Let me stop. Yeah, yeah. But girl trap. So Benzie, ben, there's a DJ producer named Benzie who um, made a series called Girl Traps, and I was making Soltronica mixes since 2010, and then Joe K and the whole selection and sound came up, and so there's like electronic production that is 
has that same sonic quality of trap music, but it doesn't have like crap lyrics. So I really sure. resonate as well as a lot of people to the sonic, you know, Hertz frequencies and the, the bass yeah. and the percussion. Um, and I really dig it, but yeah. I can't be filling my subconscious with a, with just ignorant ass lyrics. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I, I don't want, I imagine that most people that listen to the, our podcast listen to it over and over again. So they kind of have an idea about Layden I's opinion on things. Like I listen to mindless lyrics or lyrics that are problematic quite a bit. Like today we just got done making a mix of like this single loop, deliberate, minimal hip hop, East Coast vibe aesthetic. And all of that shit is like gun talk. All of I that know. shit is like drug talk. And it's like, I know. you know, but. And there was with you know, Wu-Tang and Smith and & Wesson and yeah. like, I mean, you know, Mob J- Deep and all those all those yeah. peeps. Speaking of Oliver Wang, he has the oh. podcast, um, what is it, Hot Rocks, Heat Rocks? His Heat Rocks podcast where they have an artist come in and they tell about like one of the albums that they, um, like their seminal album, like their mm. Heat Rock album where mm. everything is dope. And they just go in kind of a deep dive about like where they were, why they like it, what mm. this track is mm. about. And there's, um, I forget. Uh, I forget the name of the co-host, but she um, she's super informed hip hop head and mm. just a great, you know, uh, mind. And she was talking about like, yo, like I really like J. Rude, the damager. Oh, but sh- for all of the knowledge that he kicks, a lot of his music is extremely problematic. problematic and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't really vibe with it with because of that. Stuff like that yeah, yeah, because of those type of songs. So, I mean, hip hop in itself has always been problematic. Yeah, we are, we going hype off this beat. Let's go. Let's go on. But yeah, you know, hip hop has always been problematic um, to a to some degree, and it will continue to be like that. But shout out to uh, Eric Alandia for just being around and dropping all the dope shit for sure. back in the day and identifying jams like this. Hey, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. But yeah, so right now I'm. Who a- is this again? This. Uh, can't name it. Hold on. I feel like this is like a. Um, a common track or a Talib Kweli track. Ah, uh, which one? Who, is this off of Eardrum? Um, is this a Kanye beat? It's a Kanye beat. Off of Kweli? Is it off of B? Oh, okay, off of Common. B. Commons yeah. album. Yeah. Okay, I, I I could hear it somewhere. That's dope. This is for me. This is peak Kanye. Yeah. Like this era, production was my favorite. I'm a big Kanye fan, so I'll say this is one of Kanye's peaks. Yeah. Okay, he has his ebbs and flows. Mm. Yeah. But pre, yeah like pre-rapper Kanye. Pre-peak yeah. rap Kanye. This is This is right when he started coming into rapping, right? Like when he started yeah, yeah, to yeah. make rap tracks yeah. instead of just yeah, have yeah. those beats, right? His, yeah. his verses on this album are very good. Oh, actually. he was great back then. Even his rhyme style was pretty interesting. A little bit different, uh, unconventional. Shout out to uh, old Kanye. Aww. Erica, can I ask a bit about being, and I hate to do this, but... Oh. I realize I also do it with um, <laughs> minorities, so I think I'm fine with it. You're going to have me token right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. Being a female <laughs> DJ in yeah. LA? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, Is there a question there? Yeah. <laughs> That's a statement. Does That's come, a fact. Does yeah. it come with like issues of Any, uh, credibility? Any trials or? or tribulations in the past and to this day? So I was real careful starting out being a hip-hop being a woman and DJing hip hop, I was real super careful not to be pegged as like a groupie or anybody who was just around there to sleep with dudes, which I never did. Um, and so I was real clear with my energy and real 
had a lot of boundaries. Um, but then I was friendly too. Like I, you know, all these dudes that we're talking about, I've probably met them at different music conferences and stuff like that and concerts and, and things. Um, uh, so I was just real careful with that and real aware that I was going to be scrutinized um, at some points and accepted and welcomed in because we all, I feel like uh, one of the unifying factors around hip hop for me was that I feel like uh, it was a music genre for people who felt like they were outsiders. Indeed. So um, I definitely, you know, identified with that and um so I didn't have too many scrabbles because I, I, I feel like I'm pretty respectful of people and and kind of like had a mission. I, th sure. I think people could recognize that I was earnest and I, I had a mission to be doing the right thing. Um, now fast forward to what we're doing right now where there's like a ton of DJs and there's a ton of women DJs and there's some interesting challenges right now with social media and how much skin people are showing, are opting to show, um, just as part of social media and Instagram and things like that, but also to sell and market and brand themselves as DJs. Um, I have a hard time with that. I don't like selling myself. I don't like branding myself. I don't like, I'm not selling titties. Like I am here to control vibes and um, deliver good music, no matter if I'm playing like a music festival or a nightclub here in Tokyo or in a museum in New York. Like, um, I'm just real dedicated with, uh, the product of music and vibes. And so I would say as a, as a woman DJ or female DJ, that, that branding and social media and selling sexuality or utilizing sexuality, especially, I'd, I'm gonna get kind of controversial right now well, because see. there are people, there are women who kind of do the whole like sexy DJing and lingerie, showing up to DJ in bikini tops, and also contextualize and frame it as being feminist. And I'm like, okay, like the end goal for feminism is for women to do whatever they like, but we're not there yet. We're still in this context of patriarchy. So what I feel like my problem is with it is that we they're capitalizing. You're still capitalizing yeah. on your sexuality. And it's kind of, it turns into a little bit, especially in LA, LA can be kind of vapid. Like there's a lot of transplants and a lot of amazing music and food renaissance happening in LA in the last five years. But Hollywood is still there, and some vapidness is still there, and um, that can that whole piece of it can be challenging for me because you see me right now, I'm dressed like a boy, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. So, it, you know, I'm not gonna. Are you dressed like a boy? <laughs> like a boy? I uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a big T-shirt and some yeah. some big pants, some big, you know. Um, for our listeners, I guess I'm pretty. Cool. I guess I'm pretty woke because I was yeah. just like. Par Those are clothes. Parachute, yeah. parachute pants. But like, um, for me, uh, the good thing for me is that I have like a really strong internal compass. And so I've just kind of found my lane and I'm just trying not to compromise in that and trying to navigate the whole social media and branding and like people hiring DJs based on the number of Instagram followers they have and stuff yeah. like that is versus it, the content of like who's showing up. Like, it, do they want you showing up because there's a chance you might show up in a sheer top or do they want you cause you're hot in the streets or do they want you cause you're playing good music? Right. 
There's, a, there's you, all different answers to that question. Have you found it's different depending on the country you're playing in? Uh... Culturally, countries are super different, yes. Yeah, like coming to Japan, like there's a couple things that I've noticed here. It's like not even a thing. Like I don't need to worry about wh what my hair, makeup, nails look like. Um, and people here, I was telling somebody last night, like, because I get asked this question because I come to Japan quite a bit. It's one of my favorite places. Um, is that the audiences here are so open. Like they will vibe. They're not fickle. I feel like... Um, the ADD culture of like uh, the United States sometimes is fickle um, and people like to dance way more on the uh, dance and party really hard on the East Coast whereas LA is more chill and you're like as a DJ coming to LA you're like why aren't people dancing like I know I know DJs freak out about that sometimes depending on what genre and what parties you're playing and stuff I feel that sometimes yeah out here but like um, here, my experience, because I've been really lucky in the parties that I've got asked to play, like with Sarasa or Bay or Starro, like, um, I have found that people will ride the wave. Like, you can have someone like Yukibeb play, like, an all down-tempo. Shout out to Yukibeb. Yeah, down-tempo R&B set. And that crowd will stand there and just, like, vibe and wave. That doesn't... That's... You're a little more hard-pressed to to find that setting where people will come out to a nightclub to hear, like, that kind of set. And so I love that. I love that like um, turndown vibe. And so I've always been mm. trying to find the cracks in the sidewalk to, to do the, the, the venues and the, the ways to play that outside of radio and mixtape format. I was going to ask you about Yuki Beb. Shout out to her and yeah. Shiori Bradshaw. Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, she just came out to L.A. for the first time. And um, we both played 143 with So Super Sam. 143 is um, a party that So Super Sam and Induce and uh, Them Jeans and uh, Sick uh, and a couple other DJs that I'm not super. Um, I don't know them like one on one, but um, they have like a throwback R&B party. And it's super popular. That sounds right up. I don't know Yuki Bib. I haven't seen her that much, but that yeah. sounds right up Shori's yeah. lane. And I know they're like yeah, 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 super tight. So we both played that last month, and that was um, super fun. And like Sam will have um, like the Dream come through and do sets, and like uh, Maya and stuff like that. So it's dope. Wow. Yeah. The Dream plays. Y yeah, he can. Sh uh, this party is kind of unique. So and she's got pull. And so, yeah. Yo, shout out. Yo, The Dream is so dope. I know. His albums are so good. Yamaha, though. Yo, he's so underrated. <laughs> is that is that like Nikki Part 2 or something Yamaha like that? Yamaha is one. Yamaha. Yo, he's. Hey, Yamaha. The Dream is He wrote Umbrella, dope, too, yeah. He wrote that. Uh... What's the Beyonce song? All, all the pretty, all the, pr all the pretty. Maybe, ladies. yeah. I don't know his discography yeah, like that. Any, I think that, I learned that from Rick and Morty, actually. Ah. Uh, that a a sound. That's the dream. Yeah. Uh, they just had a um Adult Swim music festival in L.A. that I went to a oh, month cool. or so, and they had a giant air Rick and Mortys everywhere. There's a picture of me playing like I'm dead in like one of their hands. Oh, dope. Yeah. Well, I'm full full on nerd. T tell us, uh, yeah, I know. Remember last time you were out here, you were talking about like visiting like the Ghibli 
yes. exhibit or something museum. like that. I've, I've, uh, the museum. Yeah. yeah, I remember something about Over that. Right, yeah, no, I'm a huge. Yeah. Oh, that's my nickname for a bay. We get named like a a, t- a type of bay, and I'm right. Ghibli. Ghibli Bay. Ghibli oh, Bay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah. We had we had, yeah, we had bay <laughs> names. <laughs> we what? gave ourselves bay names. Yeah. No. You did? Yeah. Not really. I don't <laughs> think we're on the page or anything. Uh, <laughs> were you Were you toxic? Uh, something like Wait, that. Wait, what? I forget. Toxic Bay, problem, no. problematic Bay. <laughs> yeah, and I was like Grouch Bay or something. Uh, I don't no. know. No, we were just we were just joking on the episode with Jada. With B, Jada, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't. Yeah, we're not we're not on the we're not a part of the Bay. I'm crew, sure. Unfortunately. I'm sure. <laughs> Unofficial. You don't have the parts for it. Yeah. It's so funny. Know? When I get hired as a, my running joke is that when I get hired as a, a female DJ, like they want a woman DJ, I'm like, well, I have the parts, to, but I'm not going to use them to DJ. Right. So I'll bring the parts with me. Right. But I don't, you're. What you, do you think? I'm, I'm rock radio over I'm here. I'm actually throw using the them. On the so by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. I love to. He's oh, laughing. <laughs> yeah, that was a, I got you. That was a deep cut <laughs> reference and like slightly inappropriate. So Super it was like it hit, yeah. hit all, it hit all my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it hit all your boxes. Oh, I mean, I've hit a few boxes. Oh, man, I don't know what toxic, it is. Toxic, toxic bay. You know what's you know what's crazy is what? that we, Layden and I, always try to be a little bit less crude when we have women guests in the podcast. But those episodes seem to be worse. Yeah, yeah I don't talk about this type <laughs> of stuff. I did mention Drake's penis on the last episode, though. <laughs> really? What do you the, know remember, about Drake's remember the, penis? the sixth god? And I was like, that's how long his erect penis is. I don't remember that. Uh, uh, the sixth god. That's yeah, what the sixth stands for. You know, I don't know. Innuendos. I, I I'm a wordsmith, so like I, I like the the sword sword play. Hey, I. We're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a method to this madness. I promise. The, like, the fencing. Yeah. <laughs> I meant fencing. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> hey, well, I was gonna go. ask like a real serious, like uh, <laughs> a deep cut, like what is this? You know, the circumstances of this American life question, but I yeah. forgot it. <laughs> I, I was going somewhere with, um, oh, so you know, sorry. with the discussion about um, women's women buying in by their sexiness you know what i mean instead of instead of like in in i imagine in your era it, it was still a impor- the most important thing about being involved in hip-hop culture and, and your upward mobility within the scene was like the cultural capital that you were able to accrue and you accrued that by your dopeness and your consistent ability to be dope and also being informed member of a very small community. subculture yeah. community and nowadays it's like all this like all this buying in with like your sexiness or things that people they're signing they're signing memes you know like mm-hmm. music labels are signing memes like people who have like a really popular Bad meme Barbie. and so they got a million followers and they become these artists and the songs come out and people are like that's not a bad song because it's like the music that's being made is not bad and I, I asked Sarasa about this mm. um, when we were hanging out with uh, El Sensei because El was saying that there, somebody approached her with some really inappropriate language on a picture. Uh, like, oh, I hope you're hitting that El Sensei. Something really nasty. Oh, commented like that. on like you an know, Instagram thing. As if, as if Sarasa was that type of person or, or, you know, that she should even somebody come at her like that. Right. So L was like really upset with this guy right. and he L called him up and was like, you better fucking, you know, like a real problem. And Delete I, your account, nigga. Yeah. No, he and didn't and say I that, told, but. 
I, I told Sarasa, I was like, you must encounter that as a, you know, a really dope woman in hip hop. When you're doing a show with Kuali, there's got to be some asshole who's like, yo, is Kuali hitting that? You know, and as if her talent wouldn't bring her there. And so to see these girls living off of their sexy, it's a little bit, I, I, I feel like if I was a woman DJ, I might feel some type of way about that because I feel some type of way about that as a dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, what is it like? But I, I guess, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit weird with that anyway. It's like when it comes to like even MMA or boxing, like I don't care about the ring card girls. If you look sexy carrying around a number, like I'm there for the fights, not mm. for that. So I know sex sells. Mm. in a microscope mm. and eh, i don't know i had a point that i was going to but i i started thinking about drake again as i was having this conversation so yeah let's just uh i don't I know get, erica what can drop. we i don't what can we i don't have that much experience of that thing that you're talking about with ella sensei and sarasa and people commenting and stuff i i don't know that i've experienced either i've deleted it out of my memory or i sidestepped it or i didn't i haven't really experienced that blatantly like that's that removal of your all the dues that you paid to be what you're doing and your contribution to the culture like i i haven't had that put into question so much you're not sour about the scene because of that are you like because so. It's so much. I'm, no, I'm asking you. Like, you're you're not a person that looks at the the current climate of DJing and feel like, yo, this is really fucked up because of these people are just coming in with no skill or, you know, coming in sexy. Do, do you walk? Because I'd be hating to be honest with you. I'd be I'd be really like, yo, a lot of these people are trash in the culture. Wait. This podcast. What? I'd be hating. Mm. Can I get an applause drop? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. Shout out to hating. That was false surprise. No, um, <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I mean, uh, like, are you? S what are your thoughts on the current climate? Then, like, are you think? Do you think it's in a healthy place now, or do you think it's a lot worse? I'm gonna drop the applause now. So it's interesting because one of my uh, favorite DJs from Brooklyn, uh, Tara, DJ Tara, um, and I had a conversation because I got on Twitter and was like dude, what's happening with girls showing up in DJ and lingerie? And, and so I really wanted somebody to check me because I was feeling like I was hating on um, women doing that. And she's like, I'm just, her response, we had, a, we had a short like back and forth and it was like very loving and mutually respectful. And one of the things that she said is she's like, I'm just trying to get the, the whack DJs out of the paint. Like that's my main concern. Yeah. That's so what like, my about too. so that's, you know, if, if you're, you know, a female DJ and you're showing up at bikini tops, but you're ripping the shit out of your set, then, Word. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I can't, it's like, I want the content. To, I always want the content to be there. Yeah. Um, it is, it is tough. I find like it, it kind of creates an arms race in terms of, oh, you know, it, it, I feel like those women get booked easier or more sometimes. So it is a concern, but then I just, just have to remember every time that I have my own lane and I don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing and I don't have to be doing what they're doing because I have different concerns and interests and bucket lists and hella nerdy shit. So it's like, I don't need to chase 
the same things that other people are chasing. So I just have to like return to my internal compass. When I, when that green eyed jealousy wanting to hate on other women DJing, um, because uh, I, you just have to get checks and balances going sometimes. Yo, shout out to your lane. <laughs> um, why Japan? Oh, you know what? I mean, just this week, why Japan? I'll tell you. I'll start there. I have had a rough year, uh, like, um, interpersonally. And I needed... It's. I'm just so glad to be here because I needed to be treated gently. And even though it's a super bustling city, the culture is very gentle and respectful and you can be walking in hundreds of people and still feel absolutely calm if you're walking in hundreds of people in new york the energy is frenetic and chaotic and crazy and so um that's why japan that's why i'm like so happy to be here this week and that the bay party was happening it i love jada to pieces she's like so good and i'm so glad i met her several years ago and um I don't know. I, I came here. First time I came to Japan, I can't even tell you what year it was, but I'll tell you I came because my friend Karen, one of my best friends, was working at Herb Magazine, and we were friends with... What's the hip-hop group that uh, Stro used to be in? Stro? Stro. That's, that I only know Astro. I don't know Stro. Stro, the 89th key, for, who uh, does like beat work with um the roots oh you guys are getting your car pull right now yeah, this, is, this is the first time both of us have ever been checked wow look at you got the you got the internet i'm trying to get it right now <laughs> i'm for some reason stro the rapper has do, is dominating my my memory i don't even know a rapper stro. named stro he's, he's a young, young kid yeah. yeah he used to go by astro but um Oh my God! What? I'm I'm just right, I'm just all waiting. Right, I'm right. The percussions. Okay. No. Okay, you got uh, you guys got some work to do. Shout no, out to Nate this. and Rez and Stro. All right, yo. Uh, I know this. I know this. This is the I end of the podcast. Yeah, it we're, now we're belongs done. to Erica Landia. Yo, now Oliver <laughs> Wang could come out here and shit. So I came out to Japan the first time with my friend Karen because the percussions were coming out here to do like their first shows in Japan at the Egg. Um, okay. and at where? The Egg. There was a there was a club called the Egg um, here in Tokyo, and then we went to like Osaka and Kyoto and and Nikko um, and places like that. So that was like. I don't know, 15 years ago, probably. And then I've been back. I've been more recently. I've been back every year, at least once a year for the last four years. I came uh, with Starro and did some of his album release parties. And I played Bay and I play with Sarasa. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm an anime freak, like Ghibli freak. There's so many reasons why Japan. But originally it was work-related? No, it was just a trip that me and Karen planned to come out and meet up with the percussions, and we were running around, you know, exploring Japan. And, oh, my gosh, the first time I came, there were no other tourists. We were here for a week, and we got mm. a train pass, and we went to all these different cities. We saw a group of three girls, and those were the only other tourists I saw the whole mm. time I was here. It was crazy. Used to be like that. Shout out to... Uh 
no Taurus. Uh. I had to. I was googling here okay, to X-Cat. see where I fucked up, to see where I fucked up on that. And yeah, Stro was. Uh, they were with Rockus, man. I, of course, I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna go. You I'm so to- disappointed that that didn't just pop up into my head. Uh, bass mentalism and shit. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, check some of his like beat stuff that he's done. He um, did still this, making out stuff. He did. Oh, so he is technically part of the Roots. Now. Okay. Um, and he um did these like neck snappers like back to life like check out some of his like stroh the 89th key and i don't remember the name of the the albums or the beat tapes yeah. they were but there was like a couple of them and they had yeah, like yeah. mad heaters on there word they were yeah yeah all right that's i think that's the first time we've both been stumped on a yeah. podcast without without like to come up and it took uh at least it's ahead at least it's not some at least you're not here in lingerie you know what i mean <laughs> telling us like yo you know that right it's like ah all right hey uh i don't know did we miss anything erica is there anything that you want to tell us about you like your career or something that you're working on now that that you feel is an integral piece to the puzzle i think i, I don't know i feel like i always need to d- give a disclaimer now because i'm an open format dj and i write about uh electronic uh, music like f- like are, who are you writing for okay okay, okay future. future yeah and that's like a like a like a splinter like a branch off of okay player yeah okay so it's oh, kind of okay. it's kind of quiet right now we it opened up i think in 2010 and we were doing a bunch of stuff right now i'm not writing a ton i don't have a ton of time for it but um i feel like i always need to give a disclaimer like if you hop on my site and you check mixtapes you know you're going to find an Afrobeats down-tempo mixtape right next to, like, a Soltronica mix that has, like, girl traps and, like, low-end theory beats on it and, like, future R&B. And, like, it, I think I think I always kind of fear that people are like, what kind of DJ are you? And I have to – I literally have a pie chart on my phone where I can just show people, like, it's 35% this and 40% this and 25% this and 10% this and 15% that. That probably doesn't That's add up to wild. 100. Yeah. but. But like it's kind of that way, and so like when people, when I when I book to play different people's parties and stuff, like you could catch me playing like global bass, or you could catch me playing like future bass. Like I have a lot of interests, so um, I think I would kind of say I like hot shit across the board. But like um, you're gonna find a lot of different things, like all the mixtapes posted on my website, which is ericalandia.com, um, and. I don't know. I feel like we could talk for another two hours Word. about all the all the hip hop. I could drop some hip hop trivia on you about Talib Kweli. I, I should tell you this about Talib Kweli. So Bust it. The Source magazine, Unsigned Hype, used to list the rapper and the lyric and his phone number. Really? I don't remember the phone number, but no doubt. So... Oh, I would definitely would have called up like Biggie and shit after that <laughs> Inspected Deck verse. <laughs> oh, the Unsigned Hype, not the, not the quotable. Okay. Word. Yes. So... Okay. Um, evidently, and he, and Taleb's memories, like, unscrutable. Hey, Prince. Hey, boo. Hey, Prince. Um, in the background. Is this but JD? What? <laughs> no, you didn't. I got so confused. I'm just yeah, I, I got confused for yeah. a second, too. <laughs> uh, I tried to do the you throwback. You tried to snap you know? back to hey, that. Hey, come on. Okay, so, uh, Taleb Kweli. So, unsigned high, phone number, 917 phone number. And me as a music director at the radio station, like this song is dope because I like positive lyrics and I like critical thinking. So of course that he appealed to me right off the bat. I called the phone number and had a conversation with unsigned Talib Kweli. And I was the, one of the first DJs to call him 
or writers, writer DJs from, I, I think at all, but maybe from the West Coast. I don't know. And he totally, oh. I went on tour with him and The Roots and Nerd in 2005. And when he saw me, he was like, Echo. And por that's where I met Porchlight. That's where I might, met what? Mike B. So Mike B was really in impressed that Talib Kweli was like, Echo. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, that cultural capital. Oh. <laughs> you don't get that by wearing lingerie, y'all. Hey, shout out to stop hating. No, I'm just saying shout out to your lane. Uh, thank you. Hey, and if you want to wear lingerie, you can contact us at the Mega Lady Show <laughs> at gmail.com. Problematic bang. Hey, I think I think that's actually Desus from Desus and Mero, but shout out to all of the dope people in the world. Shout out to Erica Landia and her lane. Where can people find you online? Uh Ericalandia.com. My Instagram's Ericalandia and uh I just have to shout out Prince because one of the questions that you that you uh, we were going to talk about was if you had an artist. Oh, we're going to ask that question. Oh, are we? Are yeah, we still? Yeah. We're just taking a commercial break. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. I thought we were ending it. No, no, no. We got a lot. We we got we've got at least uh, you know another. We're, we're going to do our musical share and oh, then. Oh yeah, that's then, right. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, we're going to do our musical share. Okay, I know. Okay. Actually, we've been talking for much longer than we usually do. We've been going for like an hour and a half, but that's because you are so dope. I do Let's have stop. one more question. What's up? It's about your older sibling. Yes. The one that you said kind of gave you your taste. Yeah. What is that sibling doing these days? So my sister, Corey, is a physical therapist, and she lives in the Bay Area right by the San Francisco airport. And oh. uh, yeah. Damn, she must be doing. balling if she's staying right in the city. Mm. I mean, it's not right right in the city. She's, in the, I mean, she's in the suburb of, of San Francisco. Right. But like once you're there for a really long time, you're, you're kind of grandfathered in. No pun intended. My my grandpa was a fire captain in the SF fire department. Hey, shout out to your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to, to all the firemen. Shout out right to the now. city. Yeah. Handling so I won't try and shit. squish everything in, but people can reach me at uh, Erica Landia. E R I C A L A N D I A. It's funny because people think my last name is Eric Landia. So I've been getting checks written out to Erica Landia. I'm like Eric Alandia. Erica Landia, <laughs> or like uh, flyer people people who don't check ahead of time that book me and and then i get a flyer that says erica space landia and i'm like that that's not what's happening right right now though mm. <laughs> mm. so commercial break as long as that check cashes though right? yeah break. well yeah yo shout out to us for saying frenetic three times on this episode so far yes i love words you got the vocab. that should be a drop <laughs> I love words. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that every, every time somebody says a word. We'll just cut that in. <laughs> Yo, uh, Mega Late Show. We'll be right back. So fun. Yo, what's good? This is DJ Spinner, and you're listening to the Mega Late Show, the number one hip hop podcast in the world. Peace. Yo, this is Mike Soups, chilling with the realest heads, Mega Late Show, tune in, number one podcast show in the world. You're listening to the Mega Late Show out of Tokyo, and this is Erica Landia. Hello, goons and earths. This is the Megalate Show, and we are here with our guest, Erica Landia. And we are back from our little break. 
That's to right. bring to you more dopeness like we do every Friday. Well, you listen to the intro. You know how yeah. we do these things. Uh, we're about to get into our weather report segment, which is where we talk about tracks that we are currently listen- listening to or would like to spark a convo about. So I think we're going to have Erica go first. Mm-hmm. What is this jam? Like, this is dope. Uh, KMD. Oh, okay. Yes. The first Super album. Super rare. That record was worth so much money. Yeah. The what was actual the name album? Of it? No, the t- Ooh, this, what was the album? The 12 inch? That's a good one. question. I feel I, feel I know like the second album like, name. I feel like it was Black called like Bastards. Funky Bastards. Yeah. Black Bastards yeah, is the one that they that didn't come release. out. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Shout out to Zev Love X. Oh, Yo, what is the first KMD album called? I'm bad with that, so I have love. Oh my god, you guys are killing me. Good question. Stumping the shit out of us today, Erica. Hey. I appreciate that. Mr. Oh. Hood something? No. We're, we're currently Googling on a phone right now to get the, the facts for you are. folks. <laughs> Just if you hear a pause. Yeah, there is uh, Mr. Hood. Yeah. Is it Mr. Mr. Hood? Yeah. yeah That's the name Hood. of the album? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, 1991, Mr. Hood, and then Black Bastards, 93. Mm. And it was re-released in 2001 through Subverse. Shout out to Subverse. I think... Uh, Isn't that his brother's name? Mm. No, Sub Rock is, is oh, his okay, brother's okay. name. Subverse, uh, they had Big Just come out on there, Black Mama Serums. Uh, yeah, East Coast label, uh, Signs of Life, uh, DJ Spinna, and uh, yeah. Word. Shout out. Yo, Mega Late Show. We're about to go into Erica's track. Let me cue you up here. All right, Erica, why don't you go ahead and tell us, uh, play your track, and then tell us what it is. Okay. Yes. Mm, there we go. I actually had a different track picked out. I still don't know what I'm going to play. And then Late played that Prince. Mm. And I was like, oh no, I have to show these boys this remix. This is dope. Project. Yeah, this is very dope. This is produced by Exile. Exile. So Exile, um, who's worked with Aloe Black and Blue, um, before Prince passed away, did chopped up three tracks and made this purple vinyl. And I, it's that's actually that's probably also one of the f- last most recent vinyl purchases that I've made was that, and I had that sent to the house. And these tracks are all kind of like slowed down and just sick so i'm just like lightweight oh, he's a super dope producer yeah his work with blue what was that album called late reach the heavens something below the heavens. below the heavens yeah they're he's so dope so dope so yeah i just wanted to mostly i just wanted to show you that this exists because i don't feel like a lot of people know that it exists and i hit up Allo and got Exile's phone number and I still haven't called him but my intention was to get his phone number and be like yo this is dope I just need to call you on your telephone and tell you that it's dope that's cool that you can do that I still haven't done that yet I need to Uh, if you want to give me his phone number I'll call and do it for you (laughs) (laughs) also maybe I'll just send him a link to the show and and tell him what time marker to skip to because when I got this and yeah I'm I'm pretty certain it was before, yeah, it was before Prince passed away. And, um, Rest in peace, Prince. What, yeah. What's the name of the track, the, the LP? Uh, Tears for a Prince. Yeah, Tears for a Prince. Yo, did Prince pass away this year? No, last year, right? Oh, my gosh. I think last, last year. year. 
like two years ago. Oh, has it been two years since really? we lost Prince? Jeez. I think you're right, actually. I don't you're know. Right. You know what the deal is? I is mean, last year was crazy. Yeah, there was a lot of Because just this past, it was April, right? So it wasn't this April. Okay. Was it April, like, okay, yeah. 18 months ago or whatnot? Uh, um, what's <clears throat> funny is that there's a purple tree, a large purple tree in Los Angeles called the acacia, and they can get up to, like, 40 feet high, and they are they have a big plumage mm. uh do trees have plumage you get my gist um but i'll i'll you'll go I'll with take that you're yeah, with yeah, that yeah, with but it. like they bloom in april and and after they bloom just like the cherry blossoms out here they rain purple petals mm. and so now every april of when he like passed away and the songs about april like and prince and his birthday and his passing Whoa. will all be around the time that these purple trees bloom in Los Angeles and rain purple petals. Word. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he passed away April 21st, 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Time is crazy. Yeah. Time yeah, rest is. Rest in peace, man. Time is crazy. Yeah. So. I mean, he's not underrated at all, but <sighs> probably doesn't get the praise he deserves still. I don't know if we can ever give him enough praise. Seriously, yeah. I, he, yeah, I can't even... I'm not going all the way there. I don't even have the proper words for it, but he was Indeed. a super unique uh, creature to uh, come into the human timeline. Word. Mm. Speaking of unique creatures to come into the human timeline, uh, when this comes out, it'll be about a week removed, but uh, shout out to Old Dirty Bastard, whose birthday was yesterday, I believe. Shout out to the Old Dirty Bastard, the man of all rainbows, Aeson, Old yeah, Dirty 50. Osiris. Yeah, you can find a a video of all the Wu-Tang wishing him happy birthday. Yo, can you play that, Aaliyah and uh, Genuine? Oh, yeah, if you give me a sec. Um, there's just tracks that I don't get to DJ out. And this is one of them. Okay. Why, why don't you get second. to... Because the, you'll hear it. It's okay. just not something like, you know, that you have like a venue or an opportunity to play it out. Hang on one second. So, this is one of the tracks that this is genuine. Mm. I would definitely drop this at Harry's. You know what I mean? Featuring Aaliyah off Genuine's album, who didn't feature anybody else but Aaliyah. They were all under uh, Timbaland's camp. Timbaland produced all of the basement, uh, or I forget what the. Was called, so you've got Timbaland's drum programming on here, which is fun and really fun for your brain to hear, mm -hmm. like, because he switches it up a lot. <laughs> it's called Final Warning. Timbaland is great. Yo, man. you he could drop this at cool. Bay, definitely. You could definitely totally. drop this. I yeah. I went kind of hard at Bay, like I was telling you. Like mm -hmm. this is this is the, my kind of jam, but they basically. Uh, the recording process of this is that they just kind of went back and forth singing and talking for like all day and then they did a cut of it uh, um so you can kind of tell and it, it's like a five minute track it's hella long so and i just like vibing out to it but like it's few and far between that you would be able to drop this track mm. so i wanted to make sure that i brought something for this feature that I wanted to highlight and bring attention to but also i don't get a chance to play out Word. sets in front of people too often Word. yeah this is the jam. Oh, wait, wait. Um, 
I also think that uh, that somebody came out a year before this, and so I think they did that kind of in the same okay. recording session. Are you that somebody? Okay, yeah. Because in that line that Aaliyah just sung is, are you, she said something about that that somebody, and so it it all happened during that whole. Gosh, what year was that? Ninety. Ninety-eight, maybe. Ninety-eight and ninety-nine. So like. Uh, the Doctor Doolittle soundtrack. Yes. Um, and Are You That Somebody came out in 80, uh, 98, and this came out in 99 off Genuine's album. Yo, is that um, Same Old G or Pony? Same Old G, right? Uh, I think it's a, I, I only know that it's a self, his self-titled album. Okay. I don't know what his 12-inch cut, his most well, popular 12-inch cut they were, from the album was. I don't know if they were on the same album or if Pony came out first. I feel like Pony came out first, but mm. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, that's like right when Timbaland, right before he became like that dude. Uh, you know, have you ever seen videos of Timbaland producing drums in his studio? I've heard it's I just fucking bananas. I heard it like he beatboxes them first. Yeah, like he yeah, does sometimes it with his that. first. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's something worth Googling. There's, there's, there's some footage of that happening. You know... I think I think Aaliyah and you know Timbaland and Magoo and Genuine, all of them came at a really yeah. And Missy, why? How did I not bring that up? But seven oh two. They all. Or, ooh. No, that's Missy's crew. Who's r- fucking with them? The R and B group. Not SWV. I'm tripping. But yeah. In Vogue. I don't know. No. no not total. Hella, yeah. Shit. Total. It's one of. Them. It wasn't seven oh two. Seven oh two is from Vegas. I thought seven oh two was fucking with Pharrell. Seven oh two was with Pharrell. Missy. I thought okay. Pharrell gave 702 a track. I don't know. It's possible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that, like, I kind of have a little bit of a blind spot when it comes to knowledge about this era. You know, my sisters were playing this a lot and fucking with it. And I like Timbaland and Magoo. I actually really like Magoo's um, raps and everything like that. But, you know, like, I don't really know that much about Timbaland as a producer. I know a lot of his tracks, but I don't know his process or, you know, a lot of the things that he's been kind of doing. So shout out to Tim. Sorry about that. No, you good. I was uh, streaming that off a uh, un. No, no worries. I've never stable, heard that song before. Unstable location on the fly. And Can you say the uh, title one more time? Oh, it's uh, Genuine featuring Aaliyah, Final Warning. But. And so it kind of cut us off. It said, that's all you get of that song. You only hey. get the first three minutes and not the, the last two. Okay. Shit. So Do people need to go find it. Word yeah. Up. Do your Googles. Do your Googles. Do your Googles. Do all of them. Yeah. Straight up and down. Uh, weather report section. I guess that's it for that, huh? Shit. You ain't got a weather report, yeah? Nah, I'm a... Right. Well, maybe this can be the Tokyo Spotlight. Doing okay. it a little late. Shout out to our guy, uh, Chocolate Cake. Ah, true that. He recently formed a, a new unit with a guy. Uh, Japanese cat, right? Japanese guy. I'm not exactly You're gonna sure play that. what his name is. I'm not... No, I'm not going to play this. Oh. But, what uh, is, he has a track called Mr. Miyagi versus Bruce Lee, versus Bruce Leroy. It's yeah, like a black dude and a Japanese dude. So something about that really speaks to my... Their unit kind of is called uh, Laid Back CX. The album is called Magari no Badass. And yeah, they've got some really good tracks on here. Uh, it's not really a uh, a themed album or what, what do you call it? A conceptual... A concept album. Concept. It's not a concept album, but you know... They've got some skits in there to tie some things together. And yeah, we fucks with Cake Heavy. I like his style a lot. Uh, the Japanese guy is also good at what they do. Um, 
Yeah. Actually, I didn't. I didn't speak to you about this, but for the year-end episode, uh, I was planning on having Kate come in here. Oh, that's good. Uh, to rock on third mic. He's one of the uh, longest listeners of the podcast and has listened to bunch of episodes maybe most of them i'm so just impressed that, that there's a, a dude out there who goes by chocolate cake yo and he's a real ass cat man he's a, i think he's a little younger but i mean like i, I fucking i don't know why i'd see him as younger he's, he's younger. not he he's not that young if he's no. 25 i'd be surprised okay but what is this weather report section just weather, for someone well, who the, doesn't know no the weather report is what we just did it's kind of like what's going on around you yes so we just play music do, okay. we, do we have the it. drop no I, I don't know where that drop is at. Do, do you need that front section of Swedish Taboo from ones. from Sade with the rain? Maybe for the, oh, for the here, for your go, s- more of your fe- weather drops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cut or something. But it used yeah. to be a bunch of my students saying that. Mm. So, but yeah, you know, weather. We just we just talk about. It. I don't know why we came up with the ideas for temperature check and weather report. Mm. Like it could have been any other names. It could have been like I you know. That. Yeah, mm. but we do that every episode. Cool. And, and, it, and, and, and it's actually one of my favorite things to do because a lot of interesting conversations emerge. Mm. But back to Chocolate Cake. Shout out to Cake, man. Um, really good music. I need to purchase the album. I haven't done that yet, and I try to do that. It's so. available on SoundCloud and Spotify also. If you want to stream it, go uh, support the guy. Support both of them. I, I just don't know the other guy's name. That's the okay. only reason why I'm like not saying his name i'll put the link in the show notes you guys get with that let's talk about a little bit of news y'all uh i already said you know uh rest in peace uh to the dirt dog method man 25th anniversary 27 years of michael jackson's dangerous is also uh just happening what else is new news well i didn't want to get you too sad but we were going to give out a shout to stan lee yeah yeah. 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 And, and, and actually, I'm, I'm not too sad about it, but it did affect me. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it's been mentioned on the podcast quite a few times, but maybe people don't know. Layton and I are big comic book fans. And yeah. we're not we're not the type that just like like the symbolism of, you know, like like Spider-Man shirts and shit. We've actually read, you know, a lot of comic books and a lot of comic book runs. And I've been a comic book fan since before I even knew it, my sister, when I was a baby, I was really colicky and my sister could only get me to stop singing, uh, crying when she would sing the Spider-Man television theme song, mm. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And, you know, there's stories like that in my childhood. When I was two, they found me on the second story of the house, Spider-Man shit. And I've just been a Spider-Man fan my whole entire mm. life. I try to indoctrinate my, my daughter into that by having Spider-Man things all around the house. The room is littered with Spider-Man. And man, like when I was first introduced to Stan Lee, it was probably in the back of like Marvel two in one comic books where he'd be like, hey, there are true believers. You can find this or maybe even like uh, they used to have these old Fantastic Four or Marvel records that you can get and be like uh, it'd be like the television show, but it'd be on vinyl and you Mm -hmm. could just listen to it. Mm -hmm. And Stan Lee was when I was young and didn't know, I thought he was the one that was writing all of the the stories everything i thought he created everything created you know every character was writing about i thought he was marvel you know he was the the voltron and i mean in a lot of ways he was yeah yeah and you know later on in in my life i would read you know um what is that book uh the untold story of marvel comic books and they they frame it where you know stan lee was doing some unethical things uh, in terms of business practices, mm. but you know, uh, he he's a human just like everybody else, and 
one of the things that stands out to me a lot about him that makes me feel like I still have a long ways to go is that, yo, Stan Lee didn't start popping with Marvel comic books and doing Marvel comic books until After he was 40? in his 40s. Yeah. And that's so wild that I'm not sad that he passed away because I think that we were lucky to have him so damn fucking run. long. He was I mean, dope. He could have passed away when the first Spider-Man movie came out, yeah. the Sam Raimi films came yeah. out, and that would have still been like, yo, that's beautiful that 95? he got to... The uh, nine no oh, no the his, first Spider-Man. his age oh yeah he was ninety five years old but yeah. yeah like he could have passed way back then yeah. and it was so dope that he got to see this entire universe of his characters come to life yeah and you know man what what an amazing what an amazing story yeah amazing amazing story uh you know fuck it's crazy to think you start off his biopic it's like biopic. And it's like 40 years old. Yeah, a lot of people, guy. a lot of people in seeing in my uh, social social streams have been really inspired by that and pointing that point out. And uh, a lot of, uh, I've been to Comic Con and I'm a huge anime, comic nerd, sci-fi, all that fantasy, fiction, dragon, magic, like all Harry Potter, all of it, um, and all the Marvel stuff as well. And going back and watching all the Marvel stuff in correct. Or another, like, the nerd order of the movies. Like, I've done all that stuff. Um, he's just one of those people, like Prince, you know, that c comes in and creates something that impacts a majority of, like, at least U.S. culture, if the not culture global at large, culture. Yeah. yeah, human impact. Huge human impact. It's really inspiring to see... Um, some of his quotes that people have been posting up on social media um because yeah. like i said i mentioned before that this last year was kind of like bumpy for me um but he was uh i have a quote right here from him that i saw that i liked and i took a photo of it um uh the day that everybody was the f the day when everybody found out and it said i used to be embarrassed because i was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers and then i began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives without it they might go off the deep end i feel that if you're able to entertain people you're doing a good thing and Word. it's like he there's lots of sound clips from him but that meant something to me because i was doubting my purpose um in this last year's you know not not quite sure if i was having an impact and my mom had said something along these lines and then i saw this quote from stan lee and he's just so amazing and he did so many things and created facilitated the birth of all of these comic yeah. books with all this inclusivity females yeah. and and i mean the x-men are like a really great analogy for black people in the civil rights movement yes. and you know like in uh, in and we we had a conversation um off mic in the last episode and uh one of the guys from the breakdown adam was just like yo what do you guys get out of comic books i don't get it mm. like what what is so dope about them because they just seem like you know the poor man's books or something and and i don't want to you know put words into his mouth but what he was saying is like he doesn't read comic books and he doesn't understand the value of them like mm -hmm. what is what is the high art of comic books and you know of course um the three of us uh the me late and uh dnz we were like you know breaking things down like of course you know it's like hip-hop music there's hip-hop music that's pretty disposable it's made quickly and it's not all that great but then there's these great pieces of 
of comic book culture that tell these stories and and become the new myths and when you look at when you look at comic books man like there's so many things that they taught me about myself and perseverance and um science and the, the way to treat people and i've always my whole life have had this kind of superhero complex where it's like i don't care if the guy's in the wrong if i see somebody getting beat up i have to go help and you know all of these things that i learned from virtues. comic books and virtues that you yeah. learned from comic books morality yeah, yeah, yeah. even yeah. if i was just to say just learn from the the first 50 ep- uh, issues of spider-man like you know um if this be my destiny you know that spider-man comic book taught me so much about like persevering and and keep going forward that's yeah. all stan lee and steve ditko and shit you know like i mean yeah if like it's just spider-man it affected me and there's so we're talking much about more. stan lee or comics in general like they say superman's a boy scout or cap captain america's a boy yeah. scout but and i you know i kind of thought captain america was a little corny but yeah. like captain america's like somebody to look up to right you know what i mean fully form ideology that is just you know the ideal american standard of how we're supposed to approach each other right and and you think about like think about superman when you when as, as people of color like me and late we look at superman we don't see ourselves we see a, a white a big ass white dude right. who is you know what i mean and, and that's great because but when you're a kid you want to identify with something right and with stan lee like for me, Spider-Man resonated to me because, of course, we knew he was Peter Parker, but under that mask, anybody could be Spider-Man. Right. So I put that shit on, and it's like it, it, you know, that's what spoke to me. And and even just talking about Spider-Man, you have all of these characters who are like, you know, Batman is always Batman. Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne is his thing. They didn't have any troubles. They fought bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the you alter, at, you, a, the alter. You know, Sp- Spider-Man. Spider-Man had real life problems. Spider-Man's issue was that. You know, he had to hide his secret identity from the ones he loved, stop the bad guy, and still bring the fucking uh, potato salad to Aunt May. You know what I mean? And and he he was like, he wasn't an adult character. He was for teenagers, and right. and he showed a real like one of the first fully Marvel was characters. good at that. The, one of the first Spider-Man must be the first character that had that dynamic where it was like this is he's Peter Parker first mm-hmm. and then Spider-Man mm. is is the identity whereas like this is Superman like he he's always Superman and, and he Clark pretends Kent. to be Clark you know he yeah, pretends yeah, to be yeah. Clark this is Batman he pretends to be Bruce Wayne but Spider-Man was this boy who was trying to you have this level of responsibility because he had the power because yeah man, I, I don't even know I don't want to go on a crazy rant about it but that's a really I, dope I was, observation. I, I just, I I didn't post like any R.I.P. Uh, Stanley. I didn't respond to people messaging me about it because I was just like, I just like, I don't have. I kind of want to take didn't it have to the level to say it. Uh, an earlier conversation we were having, um, like yeah, uh, Stanley is kind of universally loved, kind of in the same way and. I don't know. This feels a little messy to mm. link them together, but like uh, Hugh Hefner kind of was, mm. and it was weird to see people on social media like try to drag Stanley, like, oh, he's also problematic, because everybody's yeah. a little problematic. Yeah. But Stanley is like one, like he wasn't like a civil rights activist, right. or I would say yeah. he was a little bit of a leader because he did yeah. a lot of things. Oh yeah, but. You know, you know, he wasn't out hit there. That wasn't his yeah. flag he was carrying. Yeah. Right. But it feels weird to see them like, oh, but you know, Stanley's messy. 
Yeah. Like everybody's messy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. he just died. Right. And, and that's not super important because if they if he had been super problematic, then who cares if he just died? But you know, it's not even a situation of like he rapes but he saves. It's like yeah, Stanley was a little fucked up, but it was also I don't I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to qualify it, but I shouldn't have to because. I'm not gonna say he wasn't that bad because I don't know all the claims about him, and right. you know maybe there's a super heinous one, but also I think he wasn't that bad. He he didn't he didn't hide from a lot of the problems. Steve Ditko was like, I deserve all of this credit for creating Spider-Man, mm. and he was just like, Look, this is how it came together. I thought I did this. I think you did that. I don't know what to say. I've apologized to you. I've tried to get you the rights for it on the Spider-Man credit movie. You're you're right there next to me. Uh, I don't know what to say. And and of course, when you work in business, people are going to see things different ways. Right. But you know, when you t when when like you're trying to drag this man's entire career because he got fresh with his nurses as a 93 year old man, I just kind of feel like. Come on, you know, like I didn't, I'm, he's 93. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I didn't see any of the, any of no. the dragging. I'm glad I didn't uh, pop into social media to see that. I, I'm I'm also a little bit jaded. Like now, everybody knows Stanley. You know, now everybody knows Stanley. Mm. All these Marvel films are pop culture now. But mm. like, as a person that's kind of followed it since I was a kid and like known and appreciated the guy before. Um, comic books were the new mainstream. Mm -hmm. It kind of bugged me out to see people like I was hating a little bit on people for you know posting about it. I don't know. Like I felt I just I I guess it's just the way that people experience grief and the way that people you know manage their grief. But for me, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to make a post about it. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to respond to people telling me about. It. I was like I know man. Like it just. I was kind of fucked up for a little for a whole minute about it to be honest. I felt like it felt like losing I don't know. I don't know, man. It felt like losing a parent, I don't like an uncle or something. Yeah. Like I just I don't even know how to really put it into words, but man, that guy Layden and I talk about this quite often. The things that most affected me in my entire life are hip hop in Marvel comic books, mm. geek culture. Mm. And if you were to remove any one of those components, I'd be a completely different person. Gotcha. So shout out to fucking Stan Lee for just... Shit is doper because of Stan Lee was on Earth. I shit agree. is a Absolutely. lot fucking doper, man. And yo, shout out to him for being able to live to see the lineage that he left because those Marvel movies just started popping off like they yeah. started like 10 years ago yeah but just they just like hit the zeitgeist like the the top of the culture yeah. you know agree do you, do you guys have recently. oh my bad i know you're fine do you guys have like a favorite stanley cameo i got I, two i got two it's hard i don't remember yeah. all of them uh i like i like his cameo in mall rats uh, oh, his cameo even, that's not a Marvel cameo but, Marvel. Like, yeah, but yeah. I like I like him in Mallrats and I also I also like Spider-Man 2 Raimi's Spider-Man 2 is he on the train or in no, the apartment when, no Spider-Man 2 is where he moves the girl from the lamp post falling oh, okay. on it and, and when it like the first one I was like yo that's dope and when they bought him back again I was like fuck I just like that Spider-Man uh, 2 is, is probably my favorite comic book film yeah, that's yeah, probably my favorite. I wouldn't say my film. it's my favorite Spider-Man film. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think that it's undoubtedly the best Spider-Man film in terms of screenwriting and everything. I, I think mine Screenplay. are either uh, Civil War, where he's like Tony Stank. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Or uh, there's one where he's like yelling out of an apartment or something. And he's oh. like, don't make me come down there or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was a good one. I, yeah. what, what, was that one of the Spider-Man? I think it's more, I don't know, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's more recent. I'm looking yeah, for mine so right too. now because yeah. I need uh, help. Another, another good one is um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 where they're fighting. Uh, he, he's in the library. He's the librarian and he's got... He's got headphones on. And he's listening to a record in the library. That's the one. Yeah, that's Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Two, and the lizard. Yeah, the lizard um, is fighting Spider-Man in, in the, the library. Background. Yeah, and then the music is bumping, and I think it's like EDM or some shit that he's listening. Okay. He's listening to something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like when he's that's listening my to favorite because yeah. he, you see him facing forward, and he's got headphones, and he's looking down, and you see them fighting behind him, and uh, the lizard like throws a table, yeah. and I think Spider-Man, Spider-Man catches grabs, it with the web before yeah, it hits catches him. Catches it yeah. the way webs without. Yeah the table hitting Stan Lee yeah. who's like just like at a listening station listening to record, records or music and yeah, headphones yeah that great. was my favorite but yelling out the, the window I remember that one too also when he's trying to uh, he connects his truck to, to Mjolnir and tries to pull it off of the, the rocket stuck in the ground one. off a of Thor or the it's actually at the end of Iron Man 2 mm. yeah uh, so shout out to Stan Lee man I posted my post with hashtag no more cameos because I was a little bit sad because I could I could feel that one of the last ones that I saw was might be his you know I think they recorded a few they've but I was more. like oh this might be the last yeah. one they've got they've got uh, Infinity, Infinity War, War 2 or whatever yeah. Infinity War 2 is I heard there were four but four that might have been a couple years ago so two yeah. of them or three of them might have rolled out already I think they've got they've got a few more in the chamber Captain maybe Marvel two. Infinity and, and War and Infinity War maybe yeah, yeah so Hey man. Yo, rest in peace, man. Crazy. Like he had of, a like, good run. He had a good run. Like we're you, talking about like Mega said, yeah. uh, like just not even shapers of the culture, like one of the new myth creators. Yeah. yeah. He had a good Definitely. run. It really is. So, like, shout out to Stanley. Superheroes dominate pop culture right now. Dominate it. Yeah. The, the way that Westerns did at some point, you know, yeah. like it oh, like yeah, much you're right. more. You're right. That's yeah, true. Like it's, it's really crazy. So, but yo, like, I mean, I was, I was affected by it, but man, what a, like living to 95 is fucking great. Like, I hope that everybody makes it that far. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's part like, of the thing. We're losing crazy. a lot of our art creators at like in their fifties and sixties. And mm-hmm. so for him to push through and make it to 95 True. and yeah. Hugh making it to an older age, it's yeah. like, we're losing a lot yeah. of. Is Hugh Hefner still alive? No, no he passed, he passed away, away right? but okay. he passed away at an older age where you yeah. have other people checking out yeah yeah so i it's like oh my gosh we we don't have our elders because they're checking out especially our artistic creating elders so it's like much respect and like the utmost respect to our creative our creatives that make it into their elderhood i mean is betty white still alive i think so Amazing. Why does Betty White come up for you? That's so because, funny because, because that's such she's a, that like, show is such a cult. Yeah, cult well, show. well, the but thing also, is, like, she's she been she's history. been like, uh, you know, old for a whole minute, and people have been expecting <laughs> her to go. <laughs> oh my god! You know what I mean? Did you just say 
old she's for a been whole. Old for a whole. Well, like minute. the Golden Girl, she was old as you know, she was like fifty or something in that, right? That is so, amazing. I mean, but like eventually, it's going to get to the point where like you know, our Denzels, our Tom Hanks, our yeah. you know, um, all I mean, types we, of people. We've got hip hop people dying of old age now. So yeah. Well, man. people are like bubble wrap, bubble wrap Ginsburg, bubble wrap Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Like, who's got the bodies on Stevie Wonder yeah. to like escort him around? You know, Quincy people Jones, are like protect, you know? protect some of our Aretha just died. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Protect protect some of our elding elding How, elding uh, elder elders elding creators. Can I just yeah? yeah. I, I haven't eaten that much today, so I'm losing my. <laughs> I'm making words up and shit. How, it how happens. Old, how old is Betty White though? I'm looking up her Wikipedia. She was born in 1903. No. Impossible. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say. Oh, I'm trying to read from across the room. But. Here. Holy Will smokes. you help me out with that? Yeah. Um. 1922, so that makes her six, 96 years old. What? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Shout out to living that long. Like, and it's not like she, be going that long. she was on yeah. TV recently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still making jokes, man. What a phenomenal world. Yeah, her and Phyllis Diller and Cloris. I forget the other one's name. Late, yeah, they, you've, been taking a a whole, you've been taking a whole different direction with the music from this last sections. Can you talk about that a little bit? Are these uh, samples? Would Sample you run out of hip hop? Yeah, beats? I played. I played a lot of the stuff. I had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, I was no just doubt. curious. He did make a sharp. You know what I mean? We yeah, were, yeah. We were listening. We got to a whole genre changes, and I'm like, yeah. is this because part of the feature? This is J Rock. I actually didn't notice this had lyrics on it until you said that. So that's my bad. Oh, I, uh, I sat in with J Rock on his show um, in LA. J Rock of the Beat Junk, uh, yeah. the Beat Junkies. Yeah. Okay. Nowadays, you got to make that distinction. It's like TDE or Beat Junkies. So. I never got to make that distinction. Oh, you always. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> with you. Shout out to J-Rock. Yo, J-Rock, next time answer that email, fam. Let's get you on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> Shout out or, to uh, the guy. Oh, he turned me. Him, him and Questlove turned me on to go going to get a needles from a dude up from JBS at uh, Disc Jam. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, they got Power DJ down the cor- around the corner, he too. He sells needles? Uh, turntable needles? Yeah. Dis in jam? the bar? No. Uh, 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 sorry. I said the record store around the corner from JBS. Oh, okay. My bad. Called Disc Jam. There's a dude there who sells these needles that are uh, special for vinyl or special for Serato. And J-Rock swears by them and so does Questlove. And a bunch of DJs have been through there to like test them out. Are those the, the Gico joints? They're J-I-C-O? Like, they're ones that he's... What cartridge do they fit? Are they bananas or... You don't. You don't it, uh, is that the praying mantis one? Yeah, the one that looks like, like your pinky finger. Yeah, yeah. We They're call called them, bananas. We, I don't. That's what I've always heard. I bananas. call them like alien or praying mantis ones. Okay, yeah. He makes the praying mantis ones, not the the brick of bread ones. Okay, yeah. The like brick sure of bread M forty fours. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> your brick yeah, bread ones. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Are they? Are they like the Jikos? You know, Shore just stopped making mm. um, needles for the the forty fours. Oh, I know. And so now, like, I got a place that still. Yeah. You can get them. You can get the Jikos. They make a cartridge for it that sounds virtually identical. Mm. So that's why I was curious. Mm. Shout out to J-Rock, man. Those fucking amazing, too. Yo, so many talented people, including you, Mm. Erica. Thank you for rocking with us today. Um, Do you got any? Oh, we've got some questions to ask you. Yes. We've got some questions to ask you. Temperature check questions. Temperature check questions. That's right. That's right. We forgot the to ask you. Got a few, you got a few more t- temperature mm-hmm. check questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. The favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan. This gentleman that you have up in your corner, you can't see it, listeners, okay. but uh, the RZA. Um, RZA Brecta. 
Yeah, he's just my favorite because the whole respect to kung fu and the chess playing and incredible production production and i'm not even mad at his rapping mm, and no. he scared the crap out of me when i met him he had all these like uh pointy, the ass, pointy ass diamond rings? rings i shook his hand when he had those things yeah. on my hand and i was terrified because I'm, I'm, i wasn't terrified but i was like uh yeah. those are pointy and you yeah. could definitely gouge somebody's yeah. eyeballs out with that shit he's got some lines about those punch a hole in your palm with these pointy ass rings yeah he had these po- <laughs> they were sharp those are AF. dope that, yeah those he, he's had a few versions he used to have gold ones but now i think he's got like the the platinum joints he too. still wears them probably not i mean not when he's out with tarantino and shit but he probably <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i think yeah. he's my favorite Woo okay and uh, what about your favorite tribe called quest album um i think i side with midnight marauders it's either between that and low end theory, yeah. Yeah, much. I think Midnight Marauders just had like, like clap your hands and just like a little bit more like I don't know, it was so soulful. Electric more relaxation edgy. is on. Yeah, it's more yeah, jazzy, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, I think Midnight Marauders is my favorite. M- Mark DeClivelo said that um, you can't pick. Yeah, it's hard to pick. He took two of them. He did. He refused to pick. I'm but, okay. I'm okay with picking. And you you mentioned that AC alone is uh, your one of your favorite MCs, mm-hmm. perhaps the favorite MC of all time. Mm. Okay. How about? Um, but my favorite group is Outcast, to be honest. Okay. Like, hey. as, yeah, I just think that their discography you just opened and up a new avenue of instrumentals. <laughs> it's like a video game. Yeah. You just got all excited. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? She <laughs> um, broke a brick, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah, Outcast. Um, yeah, I favorite Outcast album. Oh. I it's. It's for me. For me, it's between um, it's between Equimini and AT Aliens for me. But I think those are also. Uh, it's weird because Stankonia came out. I was still in high school, but they're, they're all, all good. It's like a two-year period between each one. They're the all first good. Four. They're all good. Yeah. They just I don't know. But I mean, Stankonia it's, is so different from Southern Playlistic. It's so yeah. interesting to me that you had this West Coast versus East Coast hip hop kind of beef coming up through the '90s where. East Coast people weren't checking for West Coast MCs, and it was kind of like West Coast MCs were kind of like the little brother that you didn't want kicking along to, for the East Coast MCs. And and then I grew up on the West Coast, but then my favorite group is Outkast. So that they just came out of like left South's field. Got something to say. But like, man, that production, the production and the lyrics, and yeah, and the genie shit, like all the yeah, well, <laughs> everything. You- so yeah. We, um, we, uh, next week on the podcast is going to be a musical mix that late and I, uh, dropped, uh, we recorded today before, before you came through. Okay. And one of like, there are a few caveats for the choices we made were like, um, you know, minimal, slow, deliberate, offbeat loops and lyrics, you know, no drums and that whole vibe and aesthetic and like, uh, outcasts on AT aliens, they have that song ET that's drumless and it's almost like a spoken word piece. Is it mainstream kind of drumless as yeah. well? Yeah. 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 And it's like, and it, like, yo, outcast was doing some real yes. avant garde shit. Very. And, and that's why I fuck with them heavy. Cause I kind of was on that whole vibe. Very. They, they kind of introduced me more cause I was a big Wu Tang fan at the time that ATLs came out more than anything. I was a big Wu Tang fan. until probably about Supreme clientele, you know, and that's 2000. So outcast for me was so avant garde. It, it helped make that transition to weird hip hop, like easy. 
yeah. you know, they had spoken word pieces on AT Aliens, right. but they also had songs that were like Southern, but they were also lyrical and they right. were also stylers like poetic. the West Coast. And you know, it's like, um, Outcast to me, definitely on my top five yeah. personal favorite yeah. artists, oh, groups of all time. By the way, an interesting uh, thing that I accidentally found out. Um, if you take She Lives in My Lap, the vinyl, and you spin it backwards at the same 33 and a half, you'll get a whole nother song. What? So I can take that and just hit the reverse button on this? Well, what? Do you have a reverse button on your turntable? Oh, yeah. These are the Reloop uh, 7000. Okay. I had to. I MK2s. found out. I found out when I had the when the vinyl came out, heard and I was this. back I was back spinning, and I was like, "Wait a second, that the production for that is essentially the production for another song on that same album, backwards." Brilliant. So. Brilliant. Oh, vibrate maybe. I don't know, but brilliant. Is it vibrate? Maybe. Oh shit. <laughs> Yo, I, I heard. I'm giving him the look like you're gonna have to try it and find out, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I heard that I heard that Andre Three Thousand was trying to hook up with Square Pusher several years oh, back, and that would have been an interesting collaboration. I've never even seen the cartoon. I suck. Yeah. Yeah. Square Pusher. I have. Crazy. His I have work to right. do. I have work to do. There, there's some good songs on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. Okay. Hypothetical angel and devil on your shoulders. What musical artist would they be? And uh, again, not in the sense of pure good or complete evil, but in the sense that one pushes you in a positive direction and the other might tell you to steal an onigiri yeah steal an onigiri yeah <laughs> i don't know about stealing but i think actually tell that girl to put some clothes over that lingerie it or like or or to slap somebody yeah slap the shit out of somebody um with that uh two finger ring you got on just turn that around have yay. that lego imprint on a face boom um I think actually I might flip it on you a little bit and I might have the good prints on one shoulder and the side eye prints on the other shoulder. Mm. So the prints that did all the like donating music to libraries and all the secret like philanthropy and like this prints that was channeling the divine feminine on one shoulder and then the prints that was giving motherfuckers the side eye mm -hmm. on the other shoulder. Yeah. The prince will dunk on you and shit. <laughs> yes. That's Hard what up. I would do with that. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, do you have any current uh, favorite DJs or producers? We, we actually, um, uh, when I sent late the list of questions that I was going to ask you for the temperature check, mm. he reminded me to have you do one other question, mm. and I forgot to send that back to you. But what? If you were to have a theme music where you walk into a room and the music plays or you walk oh, into a, a you walk into a boxing ring to fight or you walk into a party what music what is your theme music playing behind you and i wish i would have sent this to you because it's probably something that you'd want to think about no because you know what you can get yourself made into a piece of vinyl after you get die and get cremated and i've already started th thinking about oh. the songs that i would have on each side of the vinyl and uh, so there are a couple songs and they have really different energy. But you said walking into the ring on fight night, uh, you know, whatever you want to do, like uh, I'm going to get you sucker. They said every every good hero should have a theme song. And he had a band playing behind him. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, because there's certain songs that I would get pressed into, like James Blake songs. But if I there is a track 
and it is a Georgia 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 Smith. Oh wow! And Rihanna remix, and I want to say it might be called Blue Lights. Let me see if I can pull it up for you. That's one of the All first right. songs that I'm like this kind of at least captures one of the facets of the, my internal energy. And th it's one of the faster um, faster tracks that I would put on if I was ever pressed into vinyl. Mm. I think you should ch I think you should consider changing your question to not one song, but like what three songs would you be or or what songs would you get pressed I mean, that's into a good vinyl? Point. We, we're we're adding that to uh, to the show flow, and that's yeah. going to be the it's Eric almost 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Eric Let me see if I can find this song because that's your uh, Prince contribution to the Mega Late Show podcast. There we go. Our Eric Alandia question. Georgia Smith. Okay, give me a second. Um, but was while I'm looking for this, do you want to? Was there one other question? Oh, you asked me what my favorite DJs and producers are. Such an interesting question because uh, my favorite DJs are not necessarily like the ones that are getting flown all over the globe. Um, mm -hmm. But but how I will answer that question is um, is uh, DJ slash producers. Those those people are more easily identifiable mm -hmm. because. Um, People can produce music and people can DJ music, but producers that can DJ are a whole nother oh, yeah. animal. And in in terms of recollecting who, and I'm picky as fuck about music. Like if you give me any genre, I'm gonna only like like three to seven percent of electronic music or hip hop or dance. Like I'm gonna be really picky or Moomaton or arm. Like I, you know, for every one record that I like, there's definitely nine records that I don't like. So. In terms of producers, um, I'm super picky about seeing them out and what they present. Yeah. So I would say just off the top of my head, and I don't think y'all may not know any of these five people, but, okay. but everybody should Google what? Go do your Google. Do Googles. the Googling. Do do, do some, the Googling. Do the Googling. I'm so, changing it to that now from now on. Do it's the do the Googling. So the first first person who I'm a stand for, it, his uh, producer name is Kingdom with two M's. You can find him on Twitter and SoundCloud. And he produces kind of like dark electronic. He produces for Kalela. He's kind of in this like edgy ballroom Vogue circle as well. Um, he's got a background, a, v a very strong background in like R&B. Um, you can tell that com coming through in his music that he DJs and remixes and, and stuff that he makes. So that's one person. Um, there's a dude named Uproot Andy from Brooklyn who makes global bass music. And every time I see Andy, I'm just dancing. Like to make me dance to your whole set for like hours and sweat my hair out, like you're doing something. Um, so th both those dudes, Jero Vandal from uh, I don't know any of these people. Amsterdam. Jero Vandal is, uh, I think he's like one of the producers that's kind of linked up with Selection. And well, I know it, but um, he, his musicality, he makes a lot of different kinds of remixes. Like he'll make a baile funk remix of like an R&B track or he'll make like, he just, he has this repertoire and this ability to make a lot of different genres well. And that is impressive as fuck. And now he's like starting to sing and he can kind of sing too. I just saw him Word. singing for the first time on his Instagram and I like made some stories. I'm like, if you have been following Jero uh, Vandal, he makes all his edits are called Vandalized. And 
the remixers are dope, but he's I like that name. Vandalized, yeah. And um, he's starting to... You said Jerome Vandal? Jerome Vandal. Jerome Vandal? Jero. That's dope, too. Yeah. So um, he's um, making a lot of original music now, and so he's one to look up. There's a dude named Lido. Um, he is part of like Pelican Fly and the Cashmere Cat Bubble. I think he's from. I think I've heard of this. Maybe like Norway. You know, it's Lido? with a D. Yeah, I've heard of Lido. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yay! Yes! He's he's kind of in the future yeah. base. He, he does yeah. a lot of genres as well, um, but he like I'll stand for him and I will definitely be like he's one of the ones. He's definitely one of the ones. Um, and he also uh, produces music under Trippy Turtle. He makes like a jersey house like r&b that's really fun to dance to is like 130 bpm oh, okay um and then probably sam gayatry who makes like man this cat is young i think he's irish um ginger and i think he's early 20s he started producing in his teens and started touring when he was like 18 you got to have your parents sign sign you got to yeah, have your parents yeah. sign a letter for you to be in 21 and over venues in the united yeah. states like in that kind of situation and same with like hudmo he won the yeah. dmc when it was like 15 one of his pa- i think one of his parents is a is like a music producer i feel like if if you're if you're going to dmc when you're 15 that's got to be the case right yeah like yeah. His, My daughter's going to be at the DMC in ten years. And both over. Hudmo and Sam Gayatri make really anthem- anthemic, uh, musical electronic music. Yeah. If that makes sense at all. No, you're and I'm a hundred percent about yeah. that. So I think those are some of my favorite. And Sam's quote unquote, you know, his DJ set or his like performance set is is amazing. I've seen it like three times in the last two years at least. Word. Um, so uh, uh, that's like a little list of for okay. people to Google. I was, I was, I'm glad that I knew at least one. I was hoping you'd Yay. say something like Nicholas Jar or Daedalus or something that I would oh, know. So. Nicholas oh, Nicholas Jar is a trip. You know he's what's fu- Daedalus is is like the Mozart of of. He's like the the he wild is, scientist. He is brilliant. His newest album, uh, under it's under uh, Against All Logic. He's using a pseudonym. Uh, that shit is great. What's interesting about Nicholas Jar, what I found was when I was having conversations with is like, I can like a Nicholas Jar. His discography is so different that mm-hmm. somebody else can like a, a completely yeah. different Nicholas Jar. Yeah. So you need to like, it's like that conversation about hip hop. Like what is hip hop yeah, to you so yeah. that we can be talking the same language. Right. Yeah, um, Cause he, he has, his musical palette is so wide. The spectrum of music that he makes is so on. You want to play that? Uh, I'll play you a little snippet of this. Okay. Your, your question about, uh, theme music, theme music. Or music I would get pressed into a record. Word. I should have played uh, one of my favorite Hudson Mohawk tracks. I never got the opportunity to Ooh. do that on the podcast. What's one of your favorite? What's one of your favorites? Velvet Pill. Okay. There we go. Oh yeah. This is when you walk in into the room. I've heard huh? the Georgia Smith song. So maybe fairy lights, those blue lights into strobe lights, maybe even fairy lights. Okay. So cover me late because I need to play you the remix of this. Because this is the original. And so it's the is a remix of blue lights that I would play as my walk-in music. So cover me. (laughs) 
Cover me, cover me. It's important. I got it. Yeah. Nobody told me to drop oh, it. Oh, hey. So. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, what's your favorite Outcast video? Because I have a favorite. Ooh, yeah. video. Uh, the art of storytelling. Yes. That yeah. Technicolor, amazing. With the, with the puppets and shit, too. And the truck and yeah. the. Yeah. Probably the art of storytelling. Okay. Um, let me see if I can what is find the this. One, um, what is the one where it's got Erica Badu in it? Wait. Maybe I'm. Th- oh, I'm thinking of an Erica Badu song with Method Man in it. Ah, my bad. Maybe Miss Jackson. Is Miss Jackson? Oh no, um, I don't remember that one too well. With the owl and like the cabin or something. Okay. Yo, the bombs over Baghdad video is dope too. With no, like that's the, my favorite. With the blue when grass running. and yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I forgot techno- about that's that. That's the technicolor one. one I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. my Yo, favorite. Yo, that one's hot. Yeah. 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 Also, man, the fucking um. Players ball with uh they start out at the table yeah and he's just like talking to them I think it's Rico he's like talking to them it's just like super early in their career that one's dope too wearing Puffy's chain yeah all right and, and Andre's got like the Braves the Braves yeah. jersey on yeah yo that was before Weird Andre that was before Stevie Wonder Andre. I love Weird Andre. Yeah. Am I the only one that makes that connection? I When I see Andre 3000, I think Stevie Wonder. Because if you go back and you look at Stevie Wonder's fashion and the way he was dressing and his artistry, like it just reminds me of Andre 3000. No, I don't draw a connection between the two. Look at some of the fashion and, and also the appearance. Like They have very similar facial features and stuff. You're tripping. No, check it out. You're oh, tripping. Bring it up. <laughs> I can't find my remix that okay. I want to play you, and I'm so sad. So, oh, wherever you post this, I'll, we'll post a link to it. Maybe. Okay. Is that sure, doable? Yeah, 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 we can do that. Because right. it's like boom, 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 boom. Or throw it on at the end or something. It's, like, it's like super energy, but then it's got that melody from Georgia Smith and then a sample from Rihanna. So, yeah. I'm sorry I can't drag it up. This happens to me. Sometimes I don't realize how much, how rare my music's music collection is until I go and try and find something and I can't find it on the internet because I found it in the window that it was available and that window has closed. Mm. So that's real. Like, uh, did you guys know that in Spotify, when you link up your laptop, it, you have to make all your playlists in iTunes private? I'm, apparently, I'm not the only person that thinks that Andre looks like Stevie. Bitch, he's showing, he, go, he, I, go, he did somebody some Googling. Made the, yeah. And he pulled up photo comparing Stevie Wonder to Andre, both wearing this yeah. like, uh, how would you date that hat? That's a, that's a, not a derby, but uh, what are what do they call these hats? What? Your dad used to wear them. Kangle? No, uh, no, that's not a Kangle. It's closer it's like to a, a Kangle. Der- yeah. What the, a derby? No, um, uh, I don't know. But yeah, yo, I mean, look at this, look at this picture and tell me that don't look kind of like Andre. Weird fashion. Interesting. People can't bit, see yeah. what the hell yeah, we're talking but, about. Yeah, but but yeah, you know. I, d- I, I, I don't know. I think you have to like skew that so hard for, to have them look similar. But you know what? Hey, you you right. I mean, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Anywho, yo, this is probably the <laughs> longest episode of the Mega Late Show. Sorry. No, we're rocking. We're having a good time. You know, can uh, but when we go into the uh, to the weather forecast, are we done? Uh, no. One more question. Okay. What? Uh, who would you like to see a biopic made of? Oh, yeah. Any artist. I forgot about that question. we got to write all these down. Or creative person. Yeah. Alive or dead? Anybody. Anybody. 
Marley Mall said he'd like to see a biopic of LL Cool J. Uh, Mark oh, DeClivelo said he'd like to see a Dilla biopic. Mm. Is it? Um, Give me a second. Sure. What are your guys's? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. What? Yeah, I haven't really thought about it either. I would Asking like to people see other just, questions that you yeah. can't answer? Yeah. Wait. I mean, um, let me see. A person in hip-hop that I'd like to see a biopic oh, about. Oh, you know what? I had a conversation with somebody about this a couple weeks ago, and we were like, what about them? And who? And, like, we were kind of like that moment where you're like, where's so-and-so? Mm. Oh, man, I can't remember who it was, though. I'm so bad on the spot, which uh, is maybe, why. I think I wouldn't mind seeing a biopic about somebody in the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm. Maybe Ghostface would be pretty interesting. He led a pretty crazy life. Um, you listen to songs like All That I Got Is You. You see his childhood was pretty fucking poor. A brother with multiple sclerosis. He grows up. He's in the Wu-Tang Clan. He joins. He's He's got to cover his face because of he's on probation. He's been shot in the neck. He's beat up. Whoa. He's beat up Mace's little brother and shit. You know what I mean? Like just a really crazy history. You know, he had diabetes and was basically, you know, dying. And he went to Africa to cure his diabetes. He comes back with supreme clientele. Like, it's just a crazy story, you know? I remember what it was. It was after we watched the Quincy documentary. And one of my friends said, I really want to see a documentary on... Getz and Gilberto. Uh, Jean Gilberto? Uh, the female singer? from mm. bossa nova music and i was like oh i'd want to see a biopic or a documentary on so-and-so and i can't remember who it was okay so my bad hey it's all good. i can remember uh, i can remember what other people want documentaries made out of but um it's a difficult question to i don't just know. come up with yeah, I don't know you want to come up with like a good answer you yeah. know what i mean i do uh, i want to think about that yeah. because there's so many documentaries and biopics that are horrible uh, well, oh people were saying they both bo uh, a friend of mine watched Friends of mine watch both the Bobby Brown ones back to back to add it all oh, up yeah. together. And they're like, when you watch both of them, you get the complete entire story. Yo, Bobby Brown is yeah, so I was crazy. Say, I'd like to see a, I haven't watched the Tupac one, but I'd like to see a good Tupac one. You see, know what I mean? Yeah. One of the only With all the Black, Black Panther stuff. I don't yeah. know if that's in the movie or not. No. One of the yeah, only documentaries that I've seen that I can co-sign is the Amy Winehouse one. Okay. And that's partially because uh, when that's I That's a documentary like, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little different than a biopic. <laughs> than a biopic. The the good biopics are like, you know, Ray was really good. Um what is the I haven't seen Ray. Yeah, what is the uh the Johnny Cash one is pretty good. I'm way more a fan you know? of documentaries than biopics because well, biopics they, they can tell go so better. goddamn wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, like yeah, BET playing some, but you're like, oh, you're yeah. putting your hand to your forehead, like, oh, please like do this right. The actor might not represent, like, you you have such an idea in your head about how this person's supposed to That's look. That's why you got to do like, it like Eight Mile, man. The Johnny, Ca I heard the Johnny Cash <laughs> one was, yeah, that one was pretty good too. Yeah, you I know? heard that one like, was pretty good. But but also like we're we're kind of talking about more contemporary people who've had a lot more FaceTime and video footage. Mm. Johnny Cash, when you look at the the era of that they made that film, that's old Johnny Cash. There's not like a lot of video footage of him being young like that. They've got photos, but Joaquin Phoenix looks similar enough that his appearance didn't take me out of the story. Like if you if you try to make an old dirty bastard biopic, 
you better have a clone that has got his you know personality down his son yeah so do you consider the bohemian bohemian rhapsody movie a biopic yes that is a biopic right i mean i'm not i'm not sure because i haven't seen even the trailer i think it's mostly about freddie i think it's mostly about so have they have they done one on bowie i don't think so but that might be great too he might be what a crazy life too yeah married to his mom great has a Cards Against Humanity card talking about David Bowen yeah. riding on a white tiger with yeah. lightning or, you know. And he's also like one of those few artists that knew his time was up and created like this masterpiece final album to be put out upon his death. Like Dilla, yeah. Bowie put those yeah, albums out. Yeah, like yeah. his Black Star album is fucking beautiful. And, and also and hauntingly beautiful. Every so. time you saw him interviewed, he was like cut right through the bullshit. He was... Yeah just very much like some of his sound bites are just like whoa yeah. that is just the fucking best uh, and they were especially dope to hear when he was combating like racism and shit there you know yeah. what i mean and like yeah. also um you know and he like was music, very sexually androgynous stuff. you know and count yes. yeah so that's actually great he that's actually that's a good great market. that is yeah. super good Man, i'm sure I that'll hate... be out in five years or something yeah give it give it a decade maybe his son will produce it or something because mm. his son's dope too but i i hate how like we when we get asked the questions that we ask other people, we got to come across yeah, we're like, like uh, our answers are mad <laughs> trash. And like after the podcast is done, me and late texting each other like, "Yo, man, that shit was whack." Yo, I don't, I don't want to pick that one. I was I making know. my Wu Tang Clan for such a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be mad about the 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 fight song. I'll, no, I'll be mad no, about that. No, that's for a, a while. that's okay the because song. that's okay because. When you come back and you do the podcast as a guest, the next guest that we ask that is going to, uh, you'll have the opportunity to redeem swoop yourself. In. I can yeah. swoop in. Yes. And get like, a replay. Like, you know, with potpourris of other bandits swoop in from trees. Yo, can we uh, go into the weather forecast later? I think we're. Yeah, let's do that thing. Yo, can I play Can I play that Hudson Mohawk track in the background while we do this? Absolutely. Please. Hey, why not? Hudmo. Yeah, this one it's a little bit it's a little bit upbeat and a little bit crazy maybe for for background. Off but. off the record, I, I got something for you about Hudmo when we get off the microphone. Okay, <laughs> yeah, tell me all the secrets and shit. I got some tea. <laughs> tell me when to go. Good. Oh, interesting. Hudmo is so dope. He had a really dope website that looked like a video game for a while, and he took it down. But I like, remember that. Yeah, that was sick. Yo, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Up- yeah. Upcoming th- shows. Do you have any upcoming shows, uh, oh. Erica? Um, Your New Year's show? I have a New Year's thing. When's the show posting? Next Friday. 23rd. Hopefully I won't get in trouble for this. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, well, I can't exactly say yet, but there's going to be a very large party in Los Angeles that I'm part of for New Year's that I'm looking very much forward to. I don't often DJ on the big DJ holidays of the year, which is like Halloween, your birthday, uh, New Year's. Like I usually sidestep doing all those things because I am a weirdo and I also just take that time for myself. Um, But I get to do New Year's this year and I only do New Year's when something um, that speaks to me uh, pops up. And so I'm going to be in LA doing it for New Year's. Nice. Yeah, I, don't don't uh, don't get yourself like in New trouble. Year's Eve. Because we do have a large listener base now. 
Hey, it's growing every week. He's, growing I'm every laughing week. because he's like pantomiming the yeah. yes, we rule kind we're, of thing. All organic growth, baby. We haven't, you know, we're yeah. not telling, we're, we, we don't advertise. Everybody that listens to our podcast found out about it from somebody else. Yeah. So. Um, and then some. I one of the artists that we talked about on the show will be performing on New Year's uh, at the same uh, location. And in, we talked about a lot Los of Angeles. artists, so yeah, no spoilers. Did. Yeah, yeah. I am about to sign the contract. It's James Blake. It. It's going to be right. James Blake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm about to sign the contract on that, and I, I have to keep it, uh, you know, on the low until that happens. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, but thanks for asking. Super looking forward to see uh, that Prince and Stanley collabo this new year. You know what I mean? Yeah, they have the holograms in Los Angeles at the show that you were talking about. So yeah, shout out to great. both of those phenomenal artists. Yo, Rest in peace. Hologram technology's come a long way. Stanley's gonna look great. You this guys are so Friday, jerky. <laughs> the 23rd, we got a uh, slow lights going down at uh, Club Heavy Six Zero in Nakano. That's a beach mm-hmm. show. Happens every fourth Friday. Don't want to miss, or is it the third? Fourth Friday, yeah, yeah. Also, the same day, we got King of Dub, Josh, Shaka Dub, Sound System Sessions. Uh, that's going down at Unit in Daikonyama. Uh, so go catch you some dub or reggae-ish music, maybe. Uh, that'll probably be going on also. The next day is Life Park at a Commune Second. Um, that's the Life Park crew. Uh, I forget who all is playing, but I'm playing that day, so it's all of us in the crew, so come check us out. Uh, our guy Chocolate Cake might be there. He's also part of the crew. Uh, also, shout out to the Breakdown crew. That's also going mm-hmm. down that Saturday. Check out the last episode to hear about those dudes, which that episode probably had the most organic Tokyo people name drops that we've ever done. Just lots of really dope people out here. Check out the Breakdown. For real. Uh, also, the 27th. The last Tuesday of the Wait month. Wait a second. Rewind a second. That Odyssey show is still not showing up on the 26th on yours? No. Okay. Odyssey uh, Odyssey is going to be at Unit on the 26th from like 8 to 11 or something like yeah, that. I'm not sure why it's not showing up because I got it under events, Mega Late Show. So well, that's weird. All right. But yeah, peace. Yeah. Uh, might be there. Thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, the 27th, the next day, Captain Vinyl. That's a uh, Muro and Nori's event. That's every last Tuesday at Contact. That same night, I might be playing at Insoft with Kokimura and Nas Chris. Also, a DJ Hero's event at Under Digic. I'm not sure. I play like second and fourth Tuesday, maybe the last Tuesday also, but they do it every Tuesday. So go check them out. Um, the Friday, the 30th, Vibes at Harry's is going down at Harry's Sandwich Company in Harajuku, blah, blah, blah. Come see them. Oh, we've got a special guest DJ, Palm, Pomu in Japanese. He's going to, I don't know what he's going to play, but usually he plays some like nice rock pop music. So come check us out. Uh, also the 30th, it's Vision's seventh anniversary party with DJ Lowdown, Loretta Brown, and also, oh, Excuse me. That's Erica Badu. That's her AKA. Uh, so yeah, come yeah. check that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, Kango, uh, Coco, DJ Coco, AKA Shimokita is gonna be there. Kid Freshy, no? Oh shit, I'm definitely going to that. K Boogie and DJ Suguru. I guess that's how you pronounce that. And that same day, Born Free is going down at Harlem. That's Alamaki, DJ Alamaki, Marzi from uh, Yen Town and Proper Pedigree, Jiro Tokyo, DJ Sa, Tsukasa, and You Kid. 
And that Sunday, Speakeasy is going down at Koe, Hotel Koe in Shibuya. Um, can I announce this? Yes. Uh, I think we've got some DJs from Dance Fusion who are going to be uh, guest DJing. I think that's confirmed. Yo, if you get in trouble for that, just that yes that I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any to take any responsibility for that shit. Straight up. Yo, uh, they're kind of like... Uh, not pioneers, but heavy in the early house game. So it's going to be a house heavy event. So Cliff, you're going to want to show up to that one. Mm. Uh, shout out to Terrence. And oh, are we using government? Was that too much government right there? I don't know if they know who that is. I'll, I'll drop that. But shout out to Tokyo Cliff. Word. Uh, yeah, that's the weather forecast. Oh, oh, my event, which was previously smooth as eggs with my guy akira uh it's called hot and it's gonna be at blue gem cafe every second saturday starting on the 8th oh you're doing it on saturdays now every second, second saturday. saturday oh you should get me in there one of these nights let me go back to back with you or some shit uh yeah man, i can do sure. it on a saturday most def yeah uh trying to be like a new pre post game thing in uh azabu azabu juba hey so yeah, come check us out. Uh, gonna have uh, Yuri, DJ Yuri, in there. I don't know her official DJ name. And Akira's gonna play too. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you spell Yuri? Y U R I. Okay, all right, just wondering. Okay. She, I don't know. I don't know if she runs with like the Bay Crew, but yeah, she's a dope sure. DJ. Warm. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, next week on the podcast, Lady and I are dropping a really uh, interesting musical mix and whatnot, so pay attention to that. And then we are going to have Cram, Ilsugi, and Matatabi, Japanese beat makers on here, with I think Marvel or Aaron Cholai are going to come in and do some of the translation. Oh, dope. So pay attention to the Mega Late Show, the number one hip-hop podcast in Tokyo. Go to iTunes, rate us five stars. I don't know if that helps, but I imagine it might Word to your mother. And then this is a Nicholas Jar track. Oh, hey. Yeah. I and I it. remembered uh, it's Duro Vandal who did this remix with George, Georgia Smith and uh, samples from Rihanna. I just can't think of the name. Wonderful. So, And he's one of my favorite DJ slash producers. So it all it all comes around full circle. If there we go. Yeah. Mega Late Show, 2085. Thanks for having me. I was so happy to have you. Yay. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Man. Okay. 
genuine and then how do you want me to do a drop Oh my god. 
She's tripping again, y'all know what I'm calling. She's tripping. Static, pick it up for me, man. So 
especial, algo nuevo, lleno de fuego, mi la música que te hace bailar y sentir algo muy profundo, si ya lo sabes, te voy a dejar deseando escuchar más de nuestro sabor. Si ya lo sabes, somos los únicos, los únicos, que viva Get your plane back to the USA. <laughs> <laughs> 